Antonians and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is my dancing Persian bear of hugs and questionable safety priorities, Mr. Shaheen Almondi. You know, I just realized I didn't give you a hug when I came in today. You did not. <sighs> you did not. No hug. It's because you knew I had the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. You just did travel abroad. And my beard is too big to wear a certain mask, according to the CDC. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at you. I mean, I'm looking at you. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, even it was it was actually pretty interesting to see how many people were wearing masks at the airports and on the planes. And like some of them like look like, okay, yeah, that probably doesn't like there's a good seal around right. the around I just the like mouth. the ones that wear a mask and it's like sitting on their chin. Yeah. yeah and there's some people that have like that like dental hygienist mask. <laughs> and I'm just like what do you think that's doing? I don't like, think you're still breathing in from the sides, man. Yeah. I mean, like, I bet it's better than nothing. I bet there's a measurable gain that you've got there. How about just wash your hands? But like, I don't know. I think you went from 100% going to get the coronavirus to 98% going to get the coronavirus. 98.5. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, eh, like, yeah, I mean, that could make a difference. I don't know, but maybe, like, maybe. probably not. This is going to be not. one of those diseases that's uh, going to take out. Some of the, I think, you know, weaker bunch. So careful out there. Wash your hands. Wash your bodies. Wash your dicks. Wash your vaginas. That's my PSA for today. Just wash it all. Just, wash it just all. Just wash, wash everything. And if you're sitting next to me on the plane, wash yourself before you get on it. Yeah. Maybe don't uh, touch me or breathe on me. Oh, man. Just smelly people. I, I spent 10 hours in a middle seat. The old fart tube. From Paris to Seattle. That wasn't fun. Middle seat? You? Middle seat. Why? Sometimes. Is the plane full? No, the, the upside was I didn't. It was one of those four wides, oh. and the other middle seat was empty. At okay, least. cool. So, so at least it wasn't a like little... a total disaster. But uh, I was sitting next to a, another guy of you know similar size, and like that just never works. Um, because we're just kind of like <laughs> trying not to like be on each other. It's only awkward when you either end up falling asleep on that person's shoulder or they do that no, to that you. was the flight there dude man totally curled up in my lap and i had to regulate did you did you stroke his hair no. ever so gently no he was just some portland hipster who thought like the whole plane was his and you just spread out and i was like listen, listen here patchouli oil but you've got a you've got a window seat you can lean against the bulkhead you know <laughs> like just go curl up in that little window and have look at those muscly shoulders nap. on you they're so they look so right cozy i lift yeah do you even lift bro yeah, dude. <laughs> a bench like 180. Woo. Is that a lot? I don't know. That's all you need to get a damn <laughs> dirt bike off of you. <laughs> um, I had a thought. What was it? It was something Corona. Oh, it's one of these things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is like the appropriate venue for this, but I had this thought when I was going through the lounge because they have showers at the, at the airport lounges. Nice. Is it though? Because I've never done, never done it. And I'm very curious, like, is this a lovely decadence that is a perk of the frequent flyer? Or are you just asking for toe fungus? I mean, there's someone peeing in there for sure. Dude, if you're lucky, that's the worst. Yeah, they're, they're probably doing. jerking off in there. I would 100% do something that you shouldn't do in a public place. Like pooping it and then just, what is it called? A, a waffle stomp? 
If you poop in the shower and then you stomp it down the thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. Next time you decide you want to use a fucking public shower without any flip-flops on, think of that one. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, when you fly, you start realizing that the lowest common denominator in behavior uh-huh. is quite low. Uh-huh. And I think there might be something like if you're a frequent flyer, maybe you're slightly above that. But I don't know. I mean, I've met some real douchebags in first class. I got I got, I got, got a couple of friends who are uh, air, um, flight attendants and... They've got some choice stories. Oh. I actually think that's the best way to become antisocial is to have that as a job. Be a flight attendant? Yeah. Just, I, I can see it. I, people just lose their shit when they travel. I don't know what it is. It is a very high stress thing for some people. And I definitely noticed that when I fly, you will get that person who is just full triggered and like <laughs> stupid things will like, they'll, they'll snap at someone. Like I was coming back in through Seattle. There was this polish or russian couple like i can't distinguish the languages it's definitely a cyrillic language they could be eastern european some sort of eastern Let's block eastern european and they're they're in their 20s and they're like spies clearly don't travel a lot because they're probably spies <laughs> no they're too disorganized to be spies but like they clearly don't travel a lot because their their carry-on luggage is a shit show oh god you know they just have like bags they're not organized they have like eight thousand electronics and so, like, it legitimately, and like, going through security at the U.S. is a pain in the ass because oh, you got to yeah. take your shoes off and all oh, your God. stuff, and like, we're we're dumb about it. So, like, they they clearly just didn't get the memo of like, oh yeah, you're gonna go through, you're gonna have to take your laptop out, you're gonna have to take your camera out. Oh, they got they had they both had tablets, they both had laptops, they both had cameras, they both had like liquid, gi- giant battery things, and then they're wearing hiking boots. Nice, and they got to unlace those. Oh and so, God, like, like legitimately. You know, we spent an extra like two, three minutes in line waiting for them to get their stuff figured out. And like the TSA guys like trying to like help them like figure it out. And like they keep like, oh, I didn't have to take my belt off. Oh, but my my pockets are full of nickels. I got to empty all my nickels out of my pockets now. I need nickels to pay uh, for nickels. Throw shekels at you for being a bag of douche. And so it's like. And then, like, some guy, like, they're right in front of me, and I'm just kind of standing there like, uh, I've been on a plane for 13 hours. I'm done. <laughs> Today's the day. Today's the day I snap. <laughs> but, it just, but it just happens. But then there's, like, someone, like, two people behind me who's like, you gotta be fucking booked. Are oh. kidding me? I, what the, I got a oh, plane God. to go to. And you're just like. The no. loud horn motherfuckers. They're always in the line. And you're just sitting there like, like, I'm thinking, you're saying what I'm thinking in my head, but, like, like buddy, it's not going to change the price of bread. But, but like they were clearly like spooled up over this and like agitated and like they're probably just one of those agitated travelers. This is the same dingling that honks their horn in rush hour traffic. Like, yeah, thanks a lot, pal. Yeah, Everybody we're all, moved because of that. We're yeah. all stopped. You, you did yeah. the thing. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Got a new horn. Good for you. And like you see it like they're like late to their flight and like. Oh, I'm sure they're flustered as fuck. Just, uh, there's like, I, I definitely see it. Uh, I think the more you travel, the like more of it just rolls off your back. But I just don't care. I, I'm so relaxed at the airport's not even funny. You know what I've discovered? Uh, it doesn't matter what order you get on the plane. It leaves oh. at the same time. Yep. I'm a little. Well, I mean, and you know, guess what? You have assigned seating. The only thing I like, will say is the baggage thing now is real. And like I had um, my ticket got weird. So instead of on well, my ticket, it said I had to board in like zone five. You said my ticket got weird. I'm like, why did they try and hug you? Yeah, no, I just, my flight's back, like, like it had my frequent flyer number on it, but it didn't seem like it was giving me the the things. Oh. Like, like I don't know if I, because it was weird when you check in sometimes with Delta, and like, when you check in with Air Europa, which is in the network, 
for some reason it doesn't like populate right. Oh. So I had like shitty seats and like my ticket, my boarding groups weren't right. And I'm looking, I'm like zone four. I'm like, no, definitely not doing that. <laughs> definitely. No, because I'm not going to be getting a place to put my backpack and I'm not doing it. No, I just sit in the flight. back with a pig trough. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, just not doing that. So I'm like, I just get in line with the sky priority and I got my little <laughs> thing that says sky priority on it. Right. In case they give me any asshole. But I'm like, no, that's the only time like, I would get, I could like legitimately like be like, if you were cutting or something I'm like, Oh, the luggage thing. If you've got a carry on, if you have two carry ons, I could see it. But yeah, see, even I've even simplified that. I, I, I am so at ease and at peace with the idea of giving my bag up, but I figured out, I'll just make sure the things that I need are my backpack and then my my big duffel bag that I carry around with me. At the very last minute, I'm like, you guys want this? Here you go. Yeah, just take a little bit of planning. Free. You deal with it. I don't want to carry it. Just a little bit of planning. That's it. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Traveling's, traveling's fun. Uh, Spain's gorgeous, by the way. Spain. Ugh, I love Spain so much. Legitimately looked at real estate prices. So I, it's like I, Every time we go there, we look at it. I, I actually think we're going to try and retire there someday. Yeah, Kota Kitty. We're moving to Malaga. It's gorgeous. Oh, hell yeah. Be a little Andalusian. And the thing kitty. is, I have all kinds of friends in Spain that I keep forgetting about. So it's like, I don't even have to start over. Yeah. I'll just have to convince everyone that I love to come out there with me. That's not hard to convince me. I don't think it There's is. There's some photos. It was 70 degrees over there. God dang it. The roads are gorgeous. The tracks are amazing. It's pretty nice outside today. It 60s. Is, it is sunny. really nice to come back to Portland and see it being sunny. Uh, winter's over, I think. Winter's done. Flowers everywhere. People are riding their motorcycles again because, you know, when it rains, tires and bikes and wires can't handle it apparently yeah i don't my bike's very special i've gone through the whole thing and made sure it's waterproofed um i called ducati at the factory before i bought it i was like hey guys i live in the pacific northwest and i intend on riding this thing so yeah make sure it handles water duties give me the give me the 411 give me the h2o version there was a um i won't name names because i'm feeling i'm feeling nice today are you yeah, I'm, I'm just so jet lagged and I'm just. I'm, I, oh, that's I, what it is. I, You're I, just tired. Oh, glass of Mountain, Mountain Dew's back. Mountain Dew's back. Oh. I just had a big burrito. I was like, you know what? I earned it. Where's Where are you standing right now? Oh, no. Oh, not, mm. oh. oh? Mm. who's ahead? Oh, I'm definitely beating Chris Walridge. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, but I, I'm not happy People with where I'm People at home are, are keeping score. Right I'm going to the gym today. All right. I'm going to get some salads going. I'm not happy with where I'm at. You look good. I look okay. Yeah. But like, it doesn't matter. Like, like, I'm going for racing. Uh, racing don't care if you look good. That's right. Racing just care how much you weigh. But, I mean, it doesn't hurt to look good on the podium. It doesn't. Especially on that Tinder profile. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. I'm a winner. Side side story. Fairly certain Tinder in Spain is only escorts. Did you use it? Yeah. I mean, you, you got it because you just got to be curious. Like, curious as a cat. And? I think they're all escorts. Did you have to pay? I mean, I didn't meet anyone. I was oh, just I like, said you used it. I just moved around too much. <laughs> Although I'm just, you know, we'll see. Nice. But um, <laughs> we should do a video podcast. It's, it's <laughs> so much better on video. Uh, <laughs> but like, you just look at it, I'm just like, is it different here? Is it like a culture? Like, I know Tinder is kind of like a hookup thing in the US, but in my experience, I've never seen anyone that was like, oh, that looks like definitely just like a working also, girl. Also, Spanish girls are way more forward than what you're used to in the US market. They are. And they're really good looking. I mean, Spanish, any Mediterranean human being is better looking than what we got going on yeah, here. Yeah, that Mediterranean. Every time blood. I fly back home, I'm like, God dang it. We all love burgers way too much. The Romans did it right. Fuck. They they helped spread the uh, the beautiful genes. 
Um, I found out I'm three quarters uh, Spaniard on my mother's side, but I don't know what happened. There's no way. There's, I know. Right? There's no way. I know. What, what, you look at my mom's side of the family, beautiful, and then there's me. I'm like, yeah, this fucking. Goon. What's that based off of? Do you take a, a genealogy test? She, she did. My mom. My mom did the 23 and Me thing, and it was like 75 percent Spanish. No. Uh huh. No. And the rest is like some old Iranian empire That's bullshit. Super. I was reading a story that was saying like how questionable those kind of things are. I mean, in the end, man, we're all just humans, man, and we got to share this earth, man. I'm going to take one. I want to see what it says because I know you're white. I know. Yeah, I know my (laughs) lineage. Like I am Northern European to a T. I got one half of the family is completely Danish and the other side's like totally German. (laughs) Come on, sir. You should not be under the sun for any reason for for any extended periods. I looked down on my arm today. I got a tan from just going out. Oh, you were in Spain, dude. That's like (laughs) t-shirt for one day. And I was like, oh, I got a tan line. How did that happen? He says tan. What we're seeing is more freckles, basically. Yeah, I just freckled. (laughs) I freckled and my hair got darker. (laughs) (laughs) Your tan is pixelated. It's really weird. (laughs) fucking with my eyes meanwhile motorcycles uh yeah motorcycles uh, so what yeah, were you so, doing in spain so i was in spain uh i was in ronda amazing city you should see it okay it's like where's the, ronda exactly ronda's in andalusia so uh not far from malaga not far from Jerez. uh kind of near barcelona but not really just in the sense that everything's in spain's kind of close to each I other mean, you can drive across spain in like mm, hours seven hours maybe yeah um uh, we were at the Ascari circuit and then the roads. Ronda is, I would say, the go-to place for press launches in Spain. You may not stay in Ronda, but the roads going in and out are classic canyon sweepers, beautiful, really grippy tarmac that's nice in tarmac, really good yeah. shape. Kind of patrolled by the police, but not too bad if you know what you're doing. You're not a complete uh, jerk. Um but this is the first time I actually got to stay in Ronda, which is kind of famous for, I think it's the birthplace of Pablo Picasso, but more famous for being the home of Ernest Hemingway for a while and uh, another author whose name is escaping me. So basically, it's a very inspirational place. It's interesting. It's in, it's kind of, it's, it's about 2,000 feet in elevation. It's kind of up in the mountains and there's this like river that just cuts uh a uh, cliffside in half like a knife. Wow. And then the city's on both sides of that river. So it has the new bridge, which was made in like 1793 or That's something. pretty new for over there. And then the old bridge that was made in like 1480 <laughs> or whatever. It was a city that was that was founded by um, uh, I think it's Scipio Africanus, the, the Roman general. Hmm. And so like that's how old it is. It's just fucking Roman old. And it's cool. It's a really cool city. It's like kind of the epicenter of Spanish bullfighting. Nice. Which I don't have great thoughts about, but it's very much a cultural thing there. It is very much a cultural thing there. Um, so, yeah, that's where we were. Beautiful, great weather. Uh, Metzler Sporttech M9RR replaces the Sporttech M7RR, which was a very well-regarded tire. So it was kind of a big deal for them to... Which falls in line with what other pro, uh, popular tire brands? That's an interesting thing. Um because I was thinking a, like Dunlop Q3 Plus. Yes. Q3 Plus. Q Yeah. Q3 Plus would be a really good one. I think they're right in that same spot. Um, somewhere between a Mets or a Pirelli Rosso 3 and the Diablo Rosso Corso 2. Wow. Uh, it is a street focused uh, sport bike tire. So it's still on the sporty side, but it's designed for the street rider. 
And Metzler's whole slant is they're they're trying to be like kind of a more of an all weather tire. So I, I rant and rave about the Diablo Rosa Corsa too because it's a really sporty tire. Yeah. And I ride a lot. I don't ride a lot in the in the cold and in the rain. So for for that's why I like I like that's my tire. I love it. That's my standard. If, if we're doing the Jensen score, that's my 100. That's your 100? Okay. And a lot of tires are falling short. Um, this is geared more towards, I would say, like, like actually, I think Portland's actually a pretty good market for this tire. But I, in my mind, I keep going back to, like, the London motorcyclist who commutes on their motorcycle. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. Yep. And that's what they're going for. They're going for that rider that rides rain or shine. But this is not considered a touring sport tire. No, this is a sport bike tire that can handle wet and cold. That's supposed to have great grip in the wet and cold. So short warm up period, right? Uh, probably handles a decent amount of grip if you're in canyons and ripping around with it. I was dragging these with it. Nice. Um, so it's a very high performing tire that should have a pretty wide envelope of or wide range of uh use. Okay. Use. Use. Application operability i don't know hmm. i lost the words in my head somewhere they're they're still four time zones back there's a great there's a great it's in Rhonda uh, having a drink oh what's the william Gibson? there's a great william gibson quote about jet lag uh where was i hmm metzler awesome tire metzler yeah good tire um what would jensen score hmm. hmm would you put it on your street fighter if i rode my street fighter in the rain i would okay. the street fighter like, that's that's the thing like I'm a tough I'm a tough critic on this one because right now I just have the Street Fighter as my street bike and since it's the pretty bike in the garage it is pretty I, I don't really take it out when it's cold or I feel like I rode it more in the rain than you did last year cuz yeah, I borrowed it from you probably it, it, it's definitely like the sunny day bike and so I'm like oh probably not cuz I really like my Pirelli DRC2s well, for your uh, riding style, which, though. And, which, and that's exactly what I use it for. I, I take this bike on the track. I, I control ride on right. it. I do. I can do A uh, a group pace on, on those tires. And I don't really take it out in the cold. And I don't really take it out in the rain. So, yeah, great. If I think if I was more, if, if it was like my only, like if I had the hyper still, mm -hmm. I would definitely think about these tires for the hyper. Because I rode the hyper in the rain all the time. That was the, that was the commute bike. That was the work bike. That was like, I'm just going out and I need to get on a bike. If it's in the middle of winter, it's the sunny day. Like it's the all round bike. Um, great tire for that, I would think. And like I would say, like, like if you're, if if you're like a single bike rider and you're kind of an all season rider, and you're a sport bike rider, I think this is this is the tire that you right. you should have on your bike. This is, or at least should be high on your list to try because the M7 was such a great tire. Um, you know, there's there's legions of fans for that. And by all accounts, Metzler has just improved in every way possible on that tire. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to be really happy with it. A Jensen score is really tough because like, it's like trying to compare a bread knife with a chef's knife. It's like, which one's better? I'm like, I don't know. You, you cut a lot of bread. <laughs> you're gonna probably want that bread knife. I call out a bread and a lot of tomatoes. I'm just saying, yeah. bread knife's pretty damn good. You, you chopping up some cucumbers? I don't know. You're gonna probably want that that, sh that chef's knife. Like, I don't, <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with it? Uh, I think in that category, yeah, I think it's. I think truth, everything I just said is wrong. Oh, <laughs> that's you know that's the thing about the show. You can take it all back. <laughs> everything. Well, everything I said is is right, but everything I said is is irrelevant. It would be a 100. 
because that is the tire that I think all tires in that category should be based off of. Really? Uh, because if you can supersede it, you have made a very, very, very good tire. And I think most tires would fall below it and would be stratified as such. Got it. So this is a really good tire for anyone that's riding a sporty sport bike every time, every day. Yeah. I don't know. I like, like We went on the track with it. You can totally do track days on this tire. I was dragging knees. I was getting good grip. I was pretty impressed with the grip and I was pretty impressed with the feel on the track. Um, I did have a crash. We'll have to talk about that. For you, if you know your Mario brothers, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I think they've, they've done a really good job of, of creating a really wide envelope of when you can use this tire. And we you know we had cold mornings and it was fine because it was still getting down to like the thirties or forties at night there. So we had cold, okay. cold, a cold morning start. Um, that's always a big, you know, topic of debate and question. Anytime you look at any forum or Facebook group where a newish motorcyclist or just anyone that's trying to pick the brains of other people or stir the pot asks, Hey, what's your favorite tire? Oh, for sure. And I mean, I even saw it on the uh, little gone riding post. Cause someone was like, I can't believe you like the DRZ too. And I'm like, well, one, I think it's a topic that reasonable reasonable minds can disagree on. Right. Until you have to kind of under, like take into a lot of things into account. One of the things I started thinking about was tire pressure. My R1, I should I should have looked it up because it's it's an interesting metric. But just off the top of my head, it's a 2004 R1. I want to say like the OEM spec pressure for the rear wheel is 42 psi. Holy shit. It's either 38 or 42. They're just trying to get longevity out of that tire. Well, that. that's the thing, right? And like they, and that was the year that they came out with a special Dunlop 218, which you like couldn't buy anywhere. Yeah, it was only that. OEM dealer. And it was just like a very special tire that Dunlop built for the R1, probably for weight because it didn't last very long. Um, so I think that's why they bumped the pressure up so you would get some longevity out right. of it. And I was just thinking like if you were just going by the OEM spec and threw a set of DRC2s on it, you're going to be like 10, 12 PSI, probably too high than where you should have been. Yeah. So yeah, that probably that tire is not going to perform very well because that tire is kind of based on the idea that you're not going to do that. And I think, you know, Pirelli and other tire OEMs are very cognizant of those kind of factors and trying to make a tire that'll work kind of no matter what you do, like kind of idiot proof it for you. Right. But on the same token, you have to know you're not getting hundred percent. You might be getting 80 instead of like 20. Yeah, it's, but it's a funny thing you bring up though about the fire, tire pressure. A lot of riders aren't actively looking at their tire pressures, oh, even though they ought not. to, because every every tire kind or riding style is going to dictate a specific tire pressure for it to work that well. If you are an everyday commuter and you're not going to ride anything over, let's say fifty or sixty percent of the capacity of the tire or the bike, cool, pump that bitch up. It's going to last you longer time. But you're not going to go out there and hit some canyons and carve around like crazy and get good performance out of that tire. So then you have to be more cognizant of where is it sitting and do a little bit of research about that. And then same thing with track. We've had so many people that come to the track and, you know, you check their tire pressure after they do something stupid. And you're like, dude, what are you doing running 40 pounds on this thing? Yeah. You're going to die. To be, to be fair. To be fair. We ran street pressures on the track for this for this launch. Did you? Yeah. So what, like 34, 36? Uh oh crap! What was it? It was like two point eight bar. Bar, yeah. Which I think you multiply by seven off the top of my head. I can't even. How would I even know? It's like forty psi. And, is that right? Maybe it's two point five bar. Let me see. I'm doing it right now. Two point five bars, thirty six psi. That sounds right. Two point eight. 
Well, I love bar as a measurement. I'm like, oh, really? 0.3 really changed things there. <laughs> that really, you went from like, yeah, it's in the zone to, mm, it sounds a little high really quick. Um, so like, and that's, I think that comes back to like the idiot proofing of, of the tires. It's like, you can do a track day at street pressures and then it will, you can get a knee down, right. but it, like, is it the best idea? No. Like, was I lighting up the TC? Yeah. Um, Again, you got to remember that the person that's probably going to do that is probably going to be new to track riding. So they're probably going to be group C, group B at best. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. If you're showing up with this tire and want to do track days on it. Yeah. You probably, it's not an A group tire. No. Uh, I mean, you could, you can do a group on it. Like I definitely was, was hauling the beans on it and it, and it was doing the thing, but there's better tires for that. Yeah. I don't think you want to do that all day long though. I mean, you, you can, it's just, you're just. Someone's told me like a really great thing about tires and like they were talking about like price and it was actually interesting to see the research that Metzler had done and they're showing that price of tires really wasn't as big of a factor in a purchasing decision than you would think. And that's, that's probably a good thing because it's like, okay, you go out and you buy, let's say you buy a Panigale V4, you're going to drop V4S. So you're going to tr- drop 28 and a half grand on the 28 bike. G's on this right. big boy. And you're going to like go buy like a $150 set of Shinkos. Oh man. Every time I see that, I'm like, what do you, why? To be fair to Shinko, to their product's fair, getting uh, better every year. It is. And it's just a matter of time before we can't say bad things I about Shinko's. I mean, can't we? Not known for, not a tire not known for, for its performance. Right. Let's say, let's say Brand X. Okay. Uh, and it's like, really, you're going to go like buy the budget tires? And that's automatically going to mean that your $28,000 motorcycle isn't going to perform for all $28,000 worth of fun. You're right. like, you just limited yourself to like, $20,000. You're going to be able to ride that thing. I mean, assuming you're a great rider as, as great as the lowest common denominator on that thing, which happens to be the tires at that point. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. So yeah, I think there's so many great little tires and little niches that you can pick the tire that perfectly fits for what you want to go do. And it helps you maximally exploit maximally maximally i like that maximally jet lag word of the day the best part is like i'm not even sure if that's wrong like like i say it and i'm like that doesn't sound right but my brain isn't working well enough to know if it's wrong <laughs> like you could convince me you could totally like convince me that's a word right now maximally maximally is maximally is a word maximally is a word Booyakasha. i thought i said, said, said maximumly maximally what did i say i think you said maximally what, what, we're gonna pretend like what, what did ma- you say maximally I just heard the same two words. Maximum? Uh-huh. Lee? Maximumly. Maximally. Maximally. Which one's wrong? Maximumly. All right. We have, <laughs> have to move on. It just, Mum's the word, you're, mate. You're, Mum. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> it's just melting my face. Yeah. Um, Jet like Jensen is the best Jensen because you can tell him jokes and he'll laugh extra hard. <laughs> <laughs> Jet like Jensen should not operate every machinery. So... Uh, in that case, like, I think, uh, yeah, like you could do a track day on it. Like it's the same thing with like the DRC too. You can do a track day on it and I am, but it's not the best tire for it. I mean, I did a track day on a sport touring tire and it did fine. We did a track day on a Goldwing and it was okay. Right? Yeah. It's uh, like I say, every pizza is a personal pizza. If you're hungry enough, <laughs> if you're hungry enough, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was quite impressed with the, with the tire. Um, I mean, it's it's hard. And, uh, it's funny. I was talking to Rennie Skaysbrook the last time we did a press launch together, and he was like, "You know, you only really get like a third of a a review when you go to these tire test launches because there's just there's no way 
you can test the longevity of it. No. Like we're not going to sit there and spin 40,000 miles or 4,000 miles on a tire and see how long it lasts. I'm going to do an iron butt on the next tire test. No, like even an iron butt, you're only going to get like a thousand miles, a thousand miles it. in 24 hours, man. But like, like if you want to go until you see cords or until your, right. your tread depth, yeah. depending on no, there's no way how cheap of a rider you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's just, it's just no one has that kind of time. So like it requires like a long-term test it requires you to like, like, I have this DRC twos from a year and a half ago and I still haven't worn them out yet. And it's like, by the time I, I get down to the cords on those things, like no one's going to care if like, they're like, Oh yeah, no, no, we, yeah, they totally get more than 3000 miles. Yeah. We don't care anymore. <laughs> um, so you don't get that. It's hard to test wet weather, um, you know, grip and things like that. Although I'll get to that in a second. It's hard to test really a true range of asphalt types, a true range of weather patterns. Even, even motorcycle to motorcycle is going to throw a, a huge obstacle in terms of just how it affects the tire. Like right. I was talking to, uh, Salvo Panisi, who's the head of R and D for Metzler and Pirelli. And they were saying in their testing, they could, they could pick out in the data just by looking at it. If the bike had a chain drive or a shaft drive, well, wow. because it would show different things. And then they were talking about, uh, they're doing a lot of aerodynamic testing now, because as you increase aerodynamics, uh, let's see, this can be counterintuitive as you increase aerodynamic inefficiency. You're going to have to have more torque going to the rear wheel, mm-hmm. which means you're going to wear the tire faster. So, like, if you've got, like, a big, you know, GS-type bike that isn't very aerodynamic, you know, in its profile, it's going to wear the tire a lot more than, say, you know, a sport bike, which makes sense, yeah. right? But, like, it's those kind of considerations. Then you start getting into, like, the torque. Like, there's they show in their data, like, V-twin versus V-4 versus inline-4 versus single that affects longevity and then you have the power and the torque and like i said the chain drive versus shaft drive versus belt drive right you know there's a lot of variables there and like obviously you can't get all those variables in the test you know i, I was on like five or six different bikes over the course of this this day's riding and uh and track sessions and even then like i probably didn't hit every variable you can but you do get like an, a general feel for it and so yeah i was quite impressed with it uh i would like to spend some time on them i'm be curious like i don't know how much more winter we have in portland as i look outside my sunny windows here I mean, but we'll have cool weather but not cold well depending yeah. on who you are I, I think i think i'll just put it this way i think they did a really good job of making a good tire i think it you know i believe the hype when they say it's better than the m7 because it's it's right there um do they give a, tri- a price range no, no, I imagine I the bike, it's going to come like in every popular motorcycle. It, it'll be fairly affordable. Okay. I'm not. I don't think you're going to worry too much about price on it. I think it's going to be uh, cheaper than a Pirelli. It's Probably interesting to me that Metzler is not as well known in America as it is in Europe, though, for for their offerings because they have a pretty well rounded set of tires. Yeah, Metzler really is an underrepresented brand in the it's U.S. Always sort of known as like the you know cruiser tire and then slowly they're starting to creep into the adv isn't that weird it is uh i i've talked to metzler about that and they're like yeah the u.s like we're totally cruiser tires yeah those 80 what are they called the 808s or something yeah and and then in europe it's really known as like a rain tire like they're known for being really good in the rain um so uh yeah it's interesting it's a full silica tire uh dual compound um as you would expect from modern tire right that's that's actually one of the things now you can kind of divide the tire manufacturers and like who's doing the R&D and who's trying to like cut budget. Uh, if you're not selling a dual compound tire, like in the sport category, 
you're behind the times. Yep. Um, so that, like if you're like About 10 years behind, if you're out point. shopping for a tire, that would be a really good way of deciding on whether or not to buy a tire. Like I think you should only be buying dual compound tires at this point, especially in the sport category. Um, and it makes sense too. It's like one compound can't do everything. No, there's no compound. There's that no does it all. So it makes a lot more sense to have a tire where the compounds can be specialized. So longevity down the center, performance on the edges, um yeah so yeah uh pretty stoked on the on the metzler sport tech m7 double r uh got to ride the ascari circuit Ooh, we should talk about that yeah do tell is that where you um had your yeah i had a little down um in a weird little spot and i'll tell you so just a little background i'm gonna screw this up because i didn't really research it so just kind of word of mouthed it private track private test track not a racetrack it's a test track okay And the owner of it is like some sort of oil tycoon who's not like, oh, like I own the property or I drill the oil, but like makes like drill bits or drill parts, some parts of the drilling rig. That's his jam. Sells that to all the oil companies. So millions and millions of dollars. Big motorsport guy. I think he's got a race team, has like a bunch of F1 cars. And I think he's got a Desmo CD. I think it was it Loris Caparossi's Desmo CD. Jesus. Super into it. She's like, obviously, I'm going to buy, I'm going to make a a racetrack because I do racy things. Got some stats on that track. And uh, it's like a resort. It's like a country club. Our little like cabana where we had lunch has like a pool next to it. So you can take a dip, you know, do some laps and then go back out and do some (laughs) sessions. Uh, Mid-sesh dip in the pool. It is first class all the way. I thought like it was our hotel at first. I was like, perfect. But like, I'd stay here. That's yeah, fine. Absolutely. Uh, it's got the beautiful Spanish stone work. They just laugh you it's off the just, property when you were done. It, yeah. It's fully <laughs> staffed. Like there's maybe 50 people working there while we're there. And you're like, why? There's, there's no one else. Like there, why was like, I've seen, it had more people on staff than, than any time I've ever been to the circuit of America's for a track day. <laughs> you know, like you just sit there and it's like, this is, this is bizarro. So it's an interesting track in the sense that, They've kind of tried to replicate the famous turns from various tracks oh. and turn it into a race course. And I think that's part of the that test course idea. I don't know how effective they really were in that because, like, the Daytona turn is not banked like Daytona. Uh, the <laughs> that requires cork, a lot of property. Yeah. And the corkscrew turn is nothing like the corkscrew. Um, is it more like the one at the, at the ridge? Just kind of like a little too small? uh there's no cork just screw the screw yeah just a lot of screw <laughs> it's just a lot of screw so there's like some things you're like uh, okay but but it makes for an interesting track that has a very large variety of turns and then uh one third of the track was was coned off because they were wetting it with sprinklers there's a built-in sprinkler system oh so we could do our wet test okay so we had to that means we had to like cut across on one of those kind of how do you describe it? it's not like a it's not, it's not a service road but it's it's designed to be a cut through and it's still track asphalt has curbings but it's not a turn that flows <laughs> and so it's just a crazy little quick addition yeah it's just a weird little nubbin <laughs> uh and so i was chasing down another journalist and, and I really got like the red mist and I was like, I'm going to go catch this Whoa. guy. <laughs> what were you writing? It was a fast. I was on a BMW S1000 RR. Those are uncrashable, Jensen. Or so well, I've heard. 
allegedly. We'll get there. It's not, no, 100% not the bike's fault. 100% not the tire's fault. What I'm trying to say is it's 100% the rider's <laughs> fault. Um, so we get into the, I get, in, I get my entry into this little, you to describe this turn. You're basically making a 180 degree turn over a double apex Whoa. that is like 30 feet in diameter holy shit so it's it's literally like a bus stop but it's not bus stop enough where you're actually stopping and like just turning around like you can you can do it smoothly it's a california stop with a bus but it's interesting and, and i should back this up we were briefed before we got on track like this is a test track it is not a racetrack so there's certain things you expect at a racetrack that this track doesn't have one of those being curbing uh, like and and like a particular type of curbing um, especially on the inside of apexes, um, and two, it's like runoff and just general things. Like it's just not like there's no gravel, right. there's no gravel traps. It's either dirt or grass, because it's a just a test track. Right. Um, and like the walls are like literally just tires, uh, which is kind of freaky. <laughs> so like I sided the turn wrong. I got my entry in wrong, which made my apex off, and I didn't really i was just pushing too hard to be really honest and my exit out of that turn was just it was just too wide and it's kind of flat and it's kind of blind so about halfway through it i realized like hmm yeah i'm not on the track where i want to be <laughs> this isn't going to go well to reset this line a little and that particular turn because it's not supposed to be a real turn you're not really supposed to be turning there it's just it's like track there's a little bit of curb maybe like a foot and then it's just grass and dirt for four feet and then it's just concrete wall oh geez and i'm coming at that at like at a 45 degree angle and i'm about three to four feet wide where i should be and it's a very narrow track to begin with and i was going like well this isn't going to go well and like any other track you would just kind of hop the curb and maybe there's like more like sub curb or like a uh more asphalt or whatever like right. any, just about any other track you could have run wide and kind of been okay and then kind of come back onto the track and in this one on top of that whole situation, there's like another outcropping of tires, like 30 feet down the track where like the, to make sense, like it's like the wall comes in closer because that would have been a spot you could crash normally. Right. And so I'm actually coming up, I'm headed right for where those tires sit against the wall. And I'm just going like, I've, it's, it literally removes the grass from the equation where I'm like, if I don't get back onto the track, I'm going to hit these tires at like a 90 degree angle of where you're supposed to hit them. So there's Ow. a little bit of like little panic there. I'm just like, um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm going like 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. I don't know how fast this turn is. I don't have the data, but it's a slow turn. And I'm just sitting there going like, this is not going to work out the way I want. And so I go to hit the brakes. I grab the wrong brake, of course, because my brain's fried and the bike just goes down the grass and I have a little tumble. And it was fine. It was totally fine. But it's like, it's been 15 years since I crashed on the track last. And I had like really think about when that was. So it's like, oh, ruin the streak there. First, first, you know, press launch crash. So, you know, that guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a bummer. But what, what gear were you wearing? I was in my my Dainese uh, Masano 2 airbag suit. Okay. That, they pop, that popped off. Okay. Didn't even think it did. That was the, that was interesting. I was in my racer glove, gloves, Dainese boots bell uh pro star helmet head didn't even touch the grass i mean it was like it was a nothing crash it was such a nothing just crash. fell over basically not fell over i mean I, I i hit the brakes 
30, 40 miles an hour. Like I said, like it might hit the ground, but I hit, I hit grass and like the bike was fine. That's the funny part. The bike had like some, some scuffing from the grass and that was it. That's good. Um, they were joking about it afterwards. Like they brought the bike back out and I was like, that's not the same bike. Like, no, 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 really. It's not the same. (laughs) Um, which was good for, for. You didn't bend any levers or anything? Mm -hmm. Guess not. Wow. Well, apparently those BMW S1000 RRs crash well at uh, low speeds. And and the European spec is so much better than the American does it, spec. Does it, doesn't have that weird dead spot. That stupid thing. Um, I still don't love that bike, but I liked it a lot more than when we were on it in the US. Okay. And that track, truthfully, like this track was way better than than Barber. So who who brought the bikes to this test? Uh, they're I think they're Metzler's bikes. Oh. Uh, I know they keep a pretty diverse fleet of bikes. To I was test about to say it looked on. like a diverse fleet because you you had a Katana there. Yeah, we had a Katana. I rode that. Didn't like it. Ooh, do tell. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in All a minute. Right. Um, there was some uh, rental company names on it, but I don't know what that relationship is, to be honest. Okay. So I don't know if they were borrowed bikes from a third party, if they're Metzler's bikes. I'm, I don't. It's not a question I ask. Um, I'm always curious about the back, you know, behind the scenes of how that yeah, stuff works. Yeah, the logistics, logistics of it. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but I know all the tire companies have a fleet of bikes that they use to test their their products on and it's usually like a wide range um so yeah it was interesting to have the airbag pop off didn't realize that it popped until i got up and tried to um like i mean i noticed it as soon as i stood up but when i tried to pick up the bike that's when you really notice it. you're like oh um i'm like a giant blimp man i can't get my arms <laughs> i can't get my arms to to do the lifting motion because it's too restricted <laughs> can't move yeah wait for me guys literally and then like 10 seconds later i see the bike starts beeping oh and i start realizing like oh it's a bmw and we're in europe all bmws in europe now are being sold with this sos system so when you fall over if you don't like do something turn the bike off i guess it'll eventually start calling 911 their version of 911 wait so the bike is connected online somehow yeah i don't know quite how that works like it's like their version of onstar but on a motorcycle yeah it's exactly like that kind of into that's it that's a great way of describing it okay uh i don't know quite how the subscription thing works if it's paid for or if there's a sim card i don't know any of the details fascinating i've just seen like the press release and i was like oh i know what that is i got or, i don't know if that's connected to anyone or what that's doing so i'm just going to turn the bike off and it seemed to stop beeping after i did that wow. and then i just left it there i'll wait to see if a gear company does that on their airbag suit where it's like checking your vitals something goes wrong they start calling 911 for you future could be very interesting right could be very interesting um so that's the story of jensen crashing totally believe in airbag suits 100 not a scratch on me yeah you look you weren't you're not doing anything the gear looks fine i just dropped it off to get a new air, uh the airbag recharged obviously so how does that work? Do you do they just take out the core and send it back to Dayanese and Dayanese recharges it or um I mean on that suit it's integrated into the suit so you got to send the whole thing. What does that cost uh, you? I think the service is $200. And and they have one or two uh charges in them. The Dayanese suits have uh, a single use charge. Okay. So Alpine Stars uh, I don't know if it's the entire range or just some of the range but some of them have uh, if it's a street deployment, it's single use. If it's a race deployment, it's a double use. Oh, they go full maximum. Yeah, on the street, I think they're just like anything could happen. Yeah, it's like you don't know. Hey, you're rolling down the street. You might be about to hit a wall, and we don't know. Yeah. So let's just puff you up all the way. Whereas on a racetrack, they kind of have a better idea of what's going on. Um, at least that's how it was described to me. Which now that I think about it, doesn't make <laughs> a ton of sense. 
I don't know, I feel like the street's more dangerous. <laughs> you go faster on the track, which makes sense, but on the street, like Yeah. You might fall off the bike and hit a wall or another car or something. It shit. could happen for either, really. I think part of it is like the GP, especially like in professional racing, where if you crash, you can get back on the bike and still keep racing. Right. And if you crash again, you're still protected. Whereas like the street, you're kind of donezo. Huh. Yeah. Um but, so the, but the suit did its job. The suit did its job. Looks great. Needs a little cleaning. But Doesn't really need to get restitched anywhere. No, not at all. Nice. Not at all. It's no. always a bummer when you burst the seam on your suit. You're like, dang it. I got to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, which is funny because we had another guy crash during the wet session and his suit's done. Oh, really? Yeah. Look, got mangled. Didn't he, look good at all. sending it. Nope. Oh, what just, the hell? Just, just, I don't know, I think it's just the way the bike landed on him and the way he crashed just got mangled it's amazing the dynamics of crashing there's just not one crashes like it's that. such a dynamic event yeah. that's the thing right um that's when someone's like oh, i didn't i don't wear this helmet or these gloves or these boots because this one time i crashed and it did this and you're like well i mean that's not a bad way to look at life like that's you don't get a lot of data input on crashing, you know, to be able to make decisions. Right. Like if a glove blew up on me while I crashed, I probably won't wear that glove again either. But crashing is such a dynamic event. It's the same thing with like helmets with like concussions and stuff like, oh, I, I wore a brand X helmet and I crashed and I got a concussion. It's like, well, was that the helmet's fault or was that like, hey, you had a really gnarly crash and any helmet wouldn't have protected right. you from. It's hard to tell unless you're somehow hooked up to telemetry that reads everything every time which we just don't that's why we have laboratories and you right. have controlled experiments um so i can't really you know say one way or the other but it was interesting to see because i was right behind that person when they crashed and so i saw it and i'm like that wasn't like that big of a crash we weren't going that fast it was kind of a peculiar crash in the way it happened hmm. um but like i mean my crash was way faster did you high sight it no, it took the front, but it's just weird how it happened. Like, I think what happened is uh, their tire hit the curb on the apex and it deflected. And because it was wet, it tucked right. when it deflected. And then maybe Again, crazy ass dynamics. Maybe there was a something in the, the dynamics of the bike and the weight and the loading and the unloading. I, I truthfully don't know because I wasn't the one riding the bike. Right. Um, but it just, yeah, it just went down like a bag of cards and then kind of spun and slid. And I think he was under the bike for a little while and, you know, it's just one of those weird things, but it's <laughs> well, funny. Like, look at his right. crash versus my crash, totally fine rider suit and bike versus <laughs> totally fucked bike. Well, not totally fucked, but you know, it's going to need new stuff on one side of it. You know, mangled leathers are t trashed. I think he was okay. Okay, good. At the end of the day, I think everyone... Everything did its job. Everything at the end of the day kind of does its job, but yeah. All that shit's replaceable. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, crashing sucks, but like, it's a part of the sport. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, and it's, I mean, they're, they're going out of their way to make motorcycles less and less prone to crashing. It's almost like, you know, they're making tires as idiot proof as possible and they're doing the same thing on motorcycles. I mean, you can't argue with physics. It is still what it is, but it's the same thing. Like it's an interesting um it's an interesting lesson. Like you see like, oh S one thousand double R. It's uncrashable. It's like coronary BS makes it really hard to crash the front. Traction control makes it really hard to crash the rear. Right. You know, wheelie control makes it really hard to loop it over with the throttle. And like all these other things like 
help mitigate and take so much out of it. But at the end of the day, it's still a motorcycle. Right. You can still cry. Like, like they were joking when it came in. They're like, oh, yeah, sorry. The uh, grass setting for that tire, that's the next generation <laughs> of it. You know, we're going to have like deployable <laughs> little prongs or something, little cleats. You know, we're just, you're just one step ahead of us. You're like, yeah, because like no tire is going to save it when you're on the grass no. and you're an idiot and you grab the front brake. Right. And truthfully, I think if I had hit the rear brake, I think it would have crashed too. Probably. Uh, you know, wet grass is wet grass. It's just the end of the day. And I had 30 feet before I was going to be in real trouble anyways. I don't think I would have made it back onto the asphalt. No, 30 feet is spent very quickly. Yeah. Even at that slow of a speed. Um, <laughs> it's just funny how it all it happens so fast. And you're just like, oh, well. Thought about a lot of things in like a tenth of a second. Ah, <laughs> uh, the marvels of the human brain. Yeah, it's interesting. Time slows down. Uh, and it's the same thing for that other crash. We're like, we're on the wet course and we're, you know, putting in laps, but like a wet tire on cement, you know, perfectly smooth cement. Right. It's like, you're sk- it's like skating on ice. And we, even when we did our, our road testing, we went through an area of road and we're all like, pushing the front and we're slipping the rear and it's like holy fuck where was this this wasn't the tire you know of 20 minutes ago when we were like dragging knees on the street practically right and you look down and like and the road's just covered in like dust it's like like a dust storm has come up and like the paint if you went across paint man you could be 90 degrees oh, locked to lock because it was just it's just a really slippery road and you're just like you know what no tire is going to grip in those conditions like there's just there's just nothing you can do about it you can have all the rider aids and all the things and they help mitigate and you can have great, you know, tire construction and compounds and all that stuff. But like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're still trying to negotiate with a tiny little contact patch. Yeah. On something that's <laughs> got a coefficient of friction that's like z- approaching zero. Yeah, you're, um, you're on ice essentially. So, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. Um, what were we going to talk about that I said, wait, oh, the Katana. Yeah. Tell me about that. Hated I got it. to finally sit on one for the first time at the one show. Feels good. It feels real good. It feels good. And it looks real good. Let's start with things that Jensen likes about the Katana. Okay, okay. Let's go there. Feels good. Okay. Feels good between your legs. Feels good, good when you're sitting on it. Good riding position. Right. Uh, which is great because it's based off the GSX-S1000F. Okay. Which I don't like the sitting position on. Yep. And then it's like, like they heard the complaint and they did it right. Like that is a perfect street fighter, street bike, naked bike. Yeah, like it feels position. like a great everyday bike. Perfect chassis so good okay so good handles like a knife handles like a katana like katana it cuts very very sharp yeah it, it handles really good at speed it like it's a bike that likes to be pushed fast okay uh really rewarding that's what i was like i was really happy with those tires uh, on the ronda roads on that bike because it was just hooking up and it was fun to ride and it handled the switchbacks and the sweepers really well and you're like chassis Give that chassis a 9.5 out of 10. Really okay. good. This sounds promising Sitting so position, far. really good. Then, like, you kind of, like, I'm going to go down, like, descending order of things okay. I don't like. Then you get to, like, the dash. Oh. And it's, like, Casio watch circa 1980. It's not you a know, TFT? Like, just, no, it's not TFT at what? all. It's, like, block LCD, liquid crystals, like, not even, like, active scan. Wait, what is the price point of this bike? It's, it better uh, be off the 10 top grand. of my head. I think it's 13, 13, five for the katana before we get 13, too far five for the katana. And it has old school Casio LCD bullshit. Okay. Uh, I told you I was going down descending. All right, all right, all right, go. I almost like I'm a dash snob. I'm horrible about it. I understand like this, like 
like in my in my motorcycle professional journalistic critiquing rating thing. Is that a hot button? This is a stupid thing that I latch onto. Is it though? Because I mean, look at where the standards are now. I just I like a good dash goes a long way with me, and a shitty dash gets just gets, fucks up the whole experience. Gets me yelling and press launch <laughs> presentations. <laughs> I can think of two presentations where they've upgraded the dash, stopped and go, are you happy now, Jensen? <laughs> like, I'm totally Thumbs cool. Up. Good job. <laughs> Having lobster for dinner, too. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to give Suzuki a pass on this one because oh? it is an old shitty dash and it's hard to use and it's not super intuitive. Like, Do you think they did layout? it because they made the whole bike look like the old school original Katana? But that it right there the whole thing is that this is supposed to be like a riff on this 19 what was it 90s right, 80s right. bike uh and it's like yeah that's what it should look like because if you put a tft dash on it it would look like something else and it's not that so i'm like yeah i think that's it's it's period correct i mean come on dude you could have done a tft and put like a period correct button on it to make it look classic and then for the rest of us, you know, for the Jensen Bueller's of the world, they can actually have all the information they want right there. Honestly, I think if they had done anything different, I'd probably be shitty about it. <laughs> so that's one of those things like I'm riding it. And like I had this mental process. I, I, I had this whole conversation with myself that you and I are having right now. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? If they did put a TFT dash on it, I'd probably be shitty about it. And if they did put a TFT dash on it and try to make it look retro, I would have been even shittier about it. So, you know what? This is how you get maximum <laughs> points from Jensen Beeler <laughs> on this particular bike. Like, you just have to go shitty old school Casio oh, watch man. on it because it's correct. So, they did the thing. So, they did the thing. I still think it could be laid out a little bit better. Just FYI. Just think it could look a little. You could have, you could is, it, is, a little it, is it, is it, is it? angle changeable on it oh fuck who knows because you know i'm thinking like old like not old school but like the z1000 uh they had the no. whole thing where you could like tilt it based no, on where the sun it's is pretty, it's pretty integrated into okay. the thing all right um i don't think anyone's making that all right so what's the next thing oh then things start going downhill you really said quick. chassis is good does that mean chassis the brakes were good? really good Bra brakes were pretty good okay um yeah i think the brakes come i think, I think man you're like reading my mind i like it you're like right up in here okay it's like we've Ooh, done this we've before. got a we got, got a thing. thing right now. This we is got a nice. podcast brainwave. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Just got chills. Um, Cody Kitty's like, whatever. I'm going to shit on your floor later. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> not happy. She Can't got wait to shit in your shoe. bath in the sink. You washed your not butt. Happy. Oh, my God. So much poop. Such an insult to a cat. So much poop. It's like everywhere. throwing a shoe at an Iraqi. Just don't. So man. much poop. And then I come back home and there's just throw up everywhere. I'm just like, seriously, just pick a hole. Like, I, I got like... <laughs> Story of Jensen's life. Seriously, just pick a hole, man. God, no wonder. I'm gonna die alone because of you. <laughs> um, there's right, <so> the brakes. <laughs> I apologize in advance for this podcast. Oh, I like thank, it so much. Thank God we don't have an advertiser. I right wish now. you would drink more. Good gracious. <laughs> good gracious. Um, brakes. Brakes are pretty good. There, I think Suzuki brakes are always a little left. Okay. These aren't too bad. And I think truthfully, if you just put in a different pad, that would be a really good brake system for a sporty street bike. They still need to get on the bandwagon and start using steel braided lines. This rubber hose thing is yeah. silly. But I'm not sitting there going like, that's my issue. My biggest issue is like, I'm just not getting enough bite. I think it really just came from the pads. I think they're just using a really unaggressive pad. Right. And like a centered pad, a metallic pad of some kind would really make the difference for me. And I think I'd be happy. Double H. 
Yeah, put some double H centers on that bitch. Nice. Double H. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, not hating on the brakes too much. Like, giving it, like, an eight. Okay. So, so, so the chassis like, sounds good. Chassis is, like, a nine and a half. Okay. I'm going to give a nine to the eight, seven, five for the dash. Took How's, it down for a quarter point just because it's. Okay. I just fine. can't. I just can't. But you came to terms with the dash. But understand that there is no path for them to get better right. than an eight seven it just five. is what it There's is just that's that should be a 10 because yeah. there was no way i bet if they'd done a to like a regular old analog tech you'd probably be like all right all right uh, i don't like analog. no maybe i don't know maybe i but think it, the, it's like in diving where like certain jumps have like a maximum score right. so like if y'all you're only going to do a double flip well the best you can get is an eight so if you do the best double flip in the world, it Still could be like eight. it could be the you know double it flip. could be the archetypical, oh. the pinnacle, the the mold of double flips, and it'd still just be an eight. Yeah, I mean it'd be a ten in double flips, but it's just an yeah, eight. Yeah, it's a the... ten of double flips, but it's just an eight, and that's what this dash is. They knocked it out of the park, but they're capped at eight seven five. Okay, all right. Then the brakes give like an eight to the brakes. Okay, still a pretty eight good bike from not, the sounds of bad. things. You put some pads on there, I think you can get it to a nine. How's that motor? Fucking hate it. <laughs> so, like, couldn't they just slap a GSXR motor in that? It is a GSXR motor. Wait, what? <laughs> it's it's a GSXR motor from like fifteen years ago. No, I mean like a now GSXR motor, that's which is thing, also right? not that. But that's the thing. They're recycling. They're, they're recycling the old bike, uh, and that's where things start going downhill really quick. The fucking thing vibrates so much. So first of all. It's just an old Gixxer motor. Right. So it makes it has no power down low. No power down low. And the throttle connection super off because that motor was built with carburetors. Or yeah. not carburetors, but a wire throttle in mind. Like, ride-by-wire is like a new thing for them. Does it even have ride-by-wire? I wonder. I was actually wondering yeah, if it has it. one. What I'm trying to say is the, the connection between the throttle and... And the motor is really off. And I think it's part of it's because there's like a quarter twist of throttle where oh, nothing geez. happened. Like you're just in the play. And then, you know, by the time you get into the rev range, like what's the red line? The red line's like 14 or something. It's pretty high. Okay. That's a lot. For but there's a nothing below like 8,000 RPMs. There's just no power. And by the time you get into like six, seven, 8,000 RPMs, the bike's vibrating so much. You don't want to. Just, just spin hurts. it up anymore. It just hurts. It's you feel it in your hand, and it's like a high frequency vibration. Because I was noticing that I was on a Super Duke GT as well. I was like, man, the Super Duke really vibrates as well, but it's like it's like a lower frequency. Where like I don't mind it so much. It's more like care massage, you know. But like the the Jixer, it's so high frequency, like it's tingling my hands. My hands and my feet went numb, and I'm just sitting there going like, man, it just. It just ruins it because you have to keep the bike on the rev limiter to get to get the power. And once you get there, there's a lot of power to play with, which is great. But you don't really want to be there because it hurts. It physically hurts. <laughs> and it just kind of was just like, there's just no middle ground where I'm happy. It's a great chassis. Great totally seating let down by the motor and it's the implementation. The heart of, of the thing is just. And that's the thing. Like you twist the throttle. Like if you're like 4,000 RPMs, you're kind of lugging around. You twist the throttle like nothing happens. And you're like, oh. I was behind. Um, so you're constantly looking for a lower gear, basically. Yeah, I was behind a Z900, and I got like a gear or two too high out of a turn, and I just watched it walk away from me, and I was just like, "This is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid." But, you know, the thing of it is, like, usually I would say something along the lines of, "Well, you're a journalist, and you're used to riding all these other bikes, et cetera, et cetera," but I'm thinking of it from a standpoint of this is supposed to be a daily rideable motorcycle. It's a naked sport bike. 
which is typically designed for someone who wants to ride it on the daily and, you know, do a, whether around town or go to the coast or whatever. But if you're constantly looking for power in that thing, it just takes away from it. That's usually most companies that make a, a naked sport bike, they're giving you lots of mid-range, mm-hmm. lots of playable power there. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing that I think Suzuki missed out on where, um, you know, we often we often complain about like uh, the naked version of like a Tuono or Street right. Fighter or um, I was going to say the Super Duke, but there's no Superbike version of a Super Duke. We start like, oh, they detuned it because they got rid of like 30 horsepower or whatever. Right. Like, no, 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 no. They just changed the timing. That's it. You know, like it's not making its power at peak RPM. It's it's the power has been shifted. So it's in a rev range where you can actually use it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Suzuki just didn't do that or just didn't do that enough because they didn't get the power low enough in the RPM range where like a tr- street rider is really going to enjoy it. And it's still at the high end of the range of the bike. And like they didn't get the vibrations on the bike figured out right and i don't know how you do that i mean, I mean you think on they motorcycle, test these things they, yeah you test them like that's the thing that like gets me a little crazy where it's like this is something you could have fixed very very if you had spent the time you could easily have fixed this bmw had the similar issue with their their s1000 lineup the last generation yeah and like i rode the, an xr on the track and i was i was surprised i was like oh this doesn't vibrate nearly as much as the oh so R you're the current generation one. no no the old one. Oh, what really yeah and i was God, like those are the ones that were supposed to be painfully vibrate like it still same. vibrates and i could see like if you were at a constant speed and, and doing touring miles on it how right. it would upset you more but it wasn't like how the katana was whoa if the if the xr is like a five then the katana is a 10 in terms of vibration holy moly and like that super duke was probably a seven who's testing these things where they're sitting on it and going ah this will pass this is fine this is okay this is totally fine i don't was a i can't feel my feet but it's my, fine. my hands hurt a lot but i'm all right i'm getting older maybe it's you know the younger newer rider won't mind it so much and the thing that bothers me is a lot of the time the fixes like it might take some r d and some time and some effort to fix it to figure out what's going to fix it but a lot of the time the fix itself isn't very expensive or or is revenue neutral right like a great example i have my kramer and i race it and i'm very used to it and it has some vibrations and stuff but it's, it's actually pretty good that motor they did a really good job of everything's pretty yeah <laughs> when i went and did the endurance race in minnesota minnesota um Oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. I got my, I, you got I your, got my you betcha, betcha shirt on. Yeah, I want that yeah. shirt. Those are from our friends in, in the north, Northwest. <laughs> um, when I, I was on the, the Kramer there, and I noticed a lot more vibration in the handlebars. And I came in, and I was telling Joe, and I was like, wow, you know, it's really funny. Like, these are supposed to be the exact same bikes, and they feel really different. And he was like, oh, that's really weird, because the only thing different between yours and this is this has got a... Uh, the handlebar is, I think, one millimeter thicker huh. in the tubing. Because so I wonder if that was a change they made. Dampening a little better? Yeah. Dampening less. Or it was stiffer. Right, less. It was stiffer, so it was transmitting more vibration. Huh. And you sit there, and I was like, I was like wow, because it's it really is night and day difference. Like, the first three laps, I kind of had to reprogram. I'm like, wow, I'm getting very different inputs from this motorcycle than what I'm used to. You get, you get over it pretty quickly. But it was just funny that that was something that came up, and it's just tube thickness. And does uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just make up a number. Does a five millimeter tube versus a six millimeter tube cost any difference amount of money? I mean, maybe, but we're probably talking pennies like per foot. Tiny pennies per yeah. You know, so it's like one of those things where like, if that's all it took to change a vibration out of a motorcycle, it wouldn't really affect 
your production. It wouldn't affect your bottom line. It wouldn't affect anything. It might take you a while to figure out which thickness is the best thickness and you'd have to go and test it and do all those things. And that that's money and that's time. But the result isn't going to change the price of the bike. And that's where I kind of get mad at Suzuki. It's like, I bet there's like some bar thicknesses or like there's a bushing that if it right. was urethane instead of polyurethane, well, those are two of the same things. But you know, if it was a different plastic, uh, polypropylene versus polyurethane, let's put it that way. Right. Um, then like it would have done something different and you would have gotten that resonance out of there. And we're talking like pennies on the dollar to fake to make that change, and you just didn't do it, or you didn't have the time to do it, or whatever that is. And something, that, yeah. You gotta wonder there's gotta be a deadline that they're working with, and they figured they figured someone out there is gonna have an aftermarket product, some kind of a bushing difference that's gonna maybe make a difference for you. Who knows? It's it's like uh here's a great here's here's like here's like the blogger example. It's like if I published all my stories in nine point comic sans font. <laughs> No one would read my website. No one would they'd be, they'd be like, this guy's a lunatic. We gotta like put him on a terrorist watch list. Who, Comic Sans, get the fuck out of here. And like, what are you getting like a micro like a microscope I can't out that read font this thing? is actually legally allowed anywhere? Right? That's the that's the font for lunatics. Get the fuck out of here. But if I put it in like 14 point times New Roman, everyone's stoked. It costs me nothing to change the font and the size of it. It's a click of a couple buttons right. and maybe making sure my formatting is right, but it costs like nothing. But it's like that idea, like you didn't take the step to make sure you were doing it right. You weren't taking pride in your work or, or how it is coming across and you therefore made a product that was very usable become very unusable. Right. And that's a little bit of extreme language for like the Katana because I still think the Katana is like a decent bike. Like, especially for thirteen five, not a bad, not a bad price point, not a great price point, but not a bad price point. I still think it's worth more like eleven or ten, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a leader bike, you know. They have to be a little more money. I'd have to really look at that segment to figure out where it sits. I can't think off the top of my head. I do like the way it looks. It is super. I really like the way it looks. I really like it a lot. But especially in really, I would like that bike so much more if it just had. A little bit more refinement. Yeah. If it was just a little bit more. You'd like that bike so much more if it was just a Street Fighter. <laughs> no, I really, I was really excited about that bike. I love the whole 1990s throwback thing. Yeah. So stoked for that. Square to light a thing. and all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. That's right when I was starting to look at motorcycles. Yeah. Now, well, a little early, but I still like, want Suzuki or Kawasaki to bring back the Cat Eye uh, ZX7 RR. Like, that's. The yeah. bike that I still think of and smile every time I look at one. Yeah. Um, well, throwback action. If Suzuki's doing it, everybody else should be doing it. <laughs> That's the funny. Like, Suzuki hasn't updated its motorcycle lineup in so long that it's eventually going to become cool again. Right. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's like hipsters. <laughs> like, fuck it. Everyone's wearing old shoes again. Just keep this thing around. Yeah. So, um, there was something else I was going to talk about. What was it? I'm going to go back to my notes. Rode the 790 Duke on the track. Love that bike. Okay. You, you've always loved that bike. Yeah. That just like reconfirmed it for me. Still 100 in your list? Yep. Absolutely. Nice. Everyone should own that bike. That's the thing. Cool. 790 Duke versus Katana. Ooh. Yeah. What's what's the Katana's uh, Jensen score? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. It's like, it doesn't score well. I mean, because at this point, there's plenty of uh, bikes in that price range. What's my reference bike? Is my reference bike the 790 Duke? I mean, essentially, yeah. Is it though? Because like the Katana makes fifty percent more power. 
Okay, well, how about a CB1000R? Definitely like the CBR one, CB1000R more. Okay. Definitely. Like uh, that CB, man, that's really hard to say. I really like that CB. Okay. I really do. I, I did track days on it. Uh, I, I feel like the Katana is a little sportier, but Honda got the motor right. But it's more refined. Honda got that. It's the same idea. It's like it's the old CBR motor. Right. The new CB1000R, they took like 50 pounds out of it or something. Handles really well. Where the well. hell did they find 50 pounds on that bike? The frame. Holy hell. A lot on the frame. Um, it's such a small bike. It's just overall, like it just makes a lot more sense. That's a handsome and, ass bike And it's too. more refined. Yeah. It's definitely more refined. It's still got like a shitty LCD dash. Same price range too, I think. Yeah. I think you're right about that. I think I complained about the CV being too expensive too. <laughs> it's funny. Like the more and more I started thinking about it, like, I think I'm just complaining that all motorcycles are more expensive. Cause like I was, I was, I was thinking about that the other day cause I was getting poopy. Uh, I remember getting poopy of Claudio about the price of the street fighter V4. And, and like, and then I was thinking like, well, all the Ducatis I think are right. overpriced. And I was like, and I think all the motorcycles, every brand's everything. bike is overpriced. Seriously, everything is. There, there's a couple bikes. I think the 790 Duke, like I, I really praise them on the price of that. The Tenere 700, priced perfectly. Whenever that comes out. Whenever it comes out, if it ever comes out. <laughs> uh, CB1000R with ABS, 13,000. So a touch cheaper. A little bit cheaper. And, and more, the Katana comes with ABS and all that? Uh, that's a good question. and Because Suzuki does weird things in the U.S. market. Um, in regards to ABS, huh. I'm 99% sure that it is uh, equipped with ABS. And if I can stall a little bit longer while I talk about it, I can pull it up <laughs> on my computer and confirm. Yeah, yeah, any lock and breaks. All right. Well, well there's an asterisk. There's Oop. an asterisk. What's it say? Only front wheel. How you far have to down do I have to go? Do I have to find it for this? The asterisk doesn't actually. There it goes. Traction controls. Ooh, it has traction control. It does. Three nice. levels of traction control, and you can turn it off. Is it all IMU'd or? Don't think so. Okay. So just basic slippage. I should probably know that off the top of my head. I didn't go to that launch. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Suzuki. And now we're all confused. So, you know. Do you want ants? Because that's how we get ants. That's how we get ants. I didn't want to go to Japan anyways. Get stupid that, get I want to go to coronavirus. Um. <clears throat> It is, I'm looking at the picture of it. It is a good looking bike. It's such a good looking bike. The black is not very pretty. The silver is super Silver pretty. looks so good. It's like proper. I guitar. love the styling on this bike. Yeah. I could get excited about this bike. Hmm. If it was cheaper, if it was like 11, <laughs> and then, because like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to have to put like a grand into it. I'm going to have to probably get some different clip ons, yeah. maybe some different rear sets, probably like some sort of tune. Maybe a pipe just to make it work I mean, right. Duh. They got to have some kind of old school Yoshimura exhaust yeah. option for that thing. Some now like obnoxious bazooka looking thing. Hell yeah! And I'm like that'd be pretty cool. But neons, I don't want like, to be. Lights. I don't want to be sixteen, seventeen thousand grand into this You're bike. I want to be. be like thirteen thousand tops into it. And so at thirteen five, I'm already kind of screwed. But Suzuki's got so many promo things. By the end of the year, you can they always pick one do. Up You're gonna pick one up for eleven zero percent APR for six years. Plus, we'll give you a back rub. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, th- I really think because Kawasaki have a leader naked. They have oh, the nine thousand. I'm trying to think what they bring to the U.S. because there's the the Ninja one thousand, which they bring to the U.S. And there's the Z one thousand, which they used to and then stopped. And then, then did they start again? I haven't heard anything about that bike. They got the ZH two out now, which is quite expensive, but very supercharged. Z nine hundred is what they're doing in the U.S. now. Yeah. Okay, so they have, which is nine thousand dollars. 
and that's and that we had that at the at the Metzler launch and that's a much more classical classical classically designed isn't is no, that the one no, I'm no. thinking of it looks like a fucking ant oh you're thinking oh, of oh yeah you were thinking of the Z900 uh RS yeah and the cafe they have like um which two versions of that bike. which are very standard yeah. yeah they look pretty that's that's nine that's done right done quite well uh just double check the ninja. yeah the ninja 1000 i guess you could throw that in there and that's twelve thousand dollars so like you sit there and you're like wow that's felix suzuki got that price tag wrong 12 to 13 and a half grand gets you one of it does look like i would visually i would i would take the katana over pretty much everything in that category yeah. oh and yama's got the mt01 weird mt10 mt10 which one's that? F, oh. Which I think are we still calling it an FZ ten in the U.S. market? I don't think so. I think all the M, all the FZs became MTs in yeah. the U.S. market. Speaking of ants, that thing looks fucking hideous. But yeah. I would say out of all the bikes, that's the it's one to probably ride. My favorite one to yeah. ride. That um, thing is incredible. Really, we did that launch in uh, Deals Gap. The wrong place that's for a lot that of bike, bike for deals. <laughs> wrong place for that bike. But when we got on to the what is it? The highway. What's it called? Highway twenty nine or one twenty nine? Something something highway. Oh, Chair Hall Highway. Yeah, Chair Hall Skyway. Skyway. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That's um, a nice sweeping. Road. That's where that bike shines. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah, you could do triple digits on that give road. Give me some more. Yeah, yeah. Do you hear me, Yamaha? Give me some more. Give me, give me more. Give yeah. me more. It's um, that's just a. I like that bike. What's the price on that thing though? I think that's probably the 13. most expensive. Thirteen. What? That's what I'm saying. Like, like Suzuki, what are you doing to me? Yeah, if I was gonna rate those bikes on on the ones that I would buy, I think my Shaheen rating would be Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki, then Kawasaki. Mm, interesting. I mean, like on those nakeds. On the big four. I think I think I'd agree with you. I mean, I think the Yamaha is the ugliest one. But damn, does it ride well. The Yamaha, it's interesting. Like <laughs> it's polarizing. Let's call it's it polarizing. A conversation starter. It is. You're gonna pull up at bike night and someone's gonna come talk to you because you rode up on Johnny Five. <laughs> it's a lie. Fuck it is a lie. You know? And it makes the best sound, I think. It sounds good. And it's just it's just the better package. Yeah. The Katana looks really good. I just kind of wish it was more refined. The Honda has the refinement, but I don't like that Neo Cafe look as much anymore. It's kind of played out on me. And the bike does still kind of feel old, but I I do like it. I enjoyed it when I had it. Um, and then the Kawasaki doesn't really do much for me in any no, direction. It's not very inspiring. I don't think it's a bad bike. No, it's a phenomenal bike. It just, just doesn't inspire me. Yeah, like yeah. I just, my pants feel the same when I'm on it yeah. as when I'm off of it. Right talking about my penis that's right okay we're talking about make the, sure the blood flow down to your yeah. your your fella yeah um yeah probably not going to talk to my urologist about it you could you know they'll be wondering what the hell you're talking about you're like listen buddy i just told you to turn and cough there's no need for further conversation <laughs> first of all why are you stroking my hair while i do that to you second of all what the hell is an <laughs> mt10 <laughs> i need you to empty your bladder yeah <laughs> So many things just went through my mind. <laughs> just, just a dark place. Uh, how, what time is it in the show? Holy crap! We've been talking for like eighty minutes. Are you serious, <laughs> Shaheen? Uh, Shaheen, let me show you something. Show me, buddy. We're right. We're right here. Nice on the checklist. Nice. 
You know, I'm glad the checklist is there just to make sure that we're moving along. No, we're just, I'm just going to delete everything below it because we're just not going to get to it. It's just not going to happen. So tell me what you've been doing on motorcycles lately. Um, do we? You had some stuff you wanted to talk about. You had you had a bombshell thing that you tr- tried to lay on me. The other day. Oh, that's for another time. Oh, is it for another oh, time? that's for another time. You can't leave me hanging that oh, long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- what I am excited about is this. Uh, I'll be doing, I think I kind of mentioned that on Instagram, uh, start April 16th through the 19th, I'm going to be at Gold Point, Nevada, which is in the middle of nowhere, by the middle of nowhere, uh, for the Taste of Dakar 2020 ride. Question. Ask. How did you get an invite to this, and how did I not get to tag along? I asked and you can tag along oh cool okay yeah uh, right. standing down yeah standing down Stand fire down. down boy we're gonna we gotta get the... you a bike we gotta get Ooh. you a bike for it we'll figure something out you can take my bike i don't care i'll grab another take one take the street fighter we'll put the <laughs> 80s on the street fighter it's the pretty bike it'll be even prettier with some dings oh, and God, scratches no. on it someone suggested like oh you should race it at dirt quick i'm like nope how about no nope i mean i think that'd be cool <laughs> i think it'd be rad but nope how funny would it be if we're gonna ask our buddy arun if you can borrow the terra corsa uh, having ridden the terra corsa off-road that would be one slash awesome b slash uh, i'd hate it after like about you just get slapped in the taint it's every time you hit a bump yeah you're gonna like break a wrist for oh, sure yeah. because it you you can easily pinch your thumbs on it yeah very very oh, easily yeah. i don't think it's got steering stops no <laughs> it just it's, goes to the tank but we can find something i, I got that gold wing oh <gasps> if the internet told me anything it's that gold wings are awesome off-road gold wings are awesome off-road there's two guys Colin, if you don't get this Goldwing away from me, I am going to start doing these things. Colin, by the way. we have to do a show on the Goldwing first, then you can have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we're still ahead of schedule. The Tenere is not anywhere to be seen. So no, we're fine. We're, we're fine. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be doing the Taste of Dakar. Hopefully, we're going to be doing Taste of Dakar together. If that's the case, we can trailer together. I'll throw some gas in that old Forerunner. Yeah, I got the trailer. We can do it. Um, I got tents, you know, cots. Tents. Hell yeah. We'll- cuddle that's gonna be awesome i'm yep. very jealous of that or i was jealous until i realized i might be able to go on, on uh, with you when is it uh, april 16th to the 19th mm, doesn't sound like a good date for me in fact for those of you listening if you've never no, done something like this you're go. in my shoes you're not gonna be go. here it's the first round for omra son of a biscuit can they move the date i mean <laughs> you know we could probably ask a couple hundred we, people to I, I know steve camrad all right i know steve steve so steve, I heard he's got some pull come on i'm gonna i'm gonna invite steve camrad to come talk about it with us before i go it's like listen influencer bro dude bro dude wear your crocs some, influence some shit get your croc get your fancy crocs get on. your gucci gang crocs on and move it to the next weekend so they can be on earth day Ooh, which that's is the most, that's, how else are you going to supposed to, uh, I can't even talk cause I'm so excited. It's also the beginning of Ramadan, which is important to some of my people. Yes. I celebrate it. Yeah. Doing earth day stuff at the taste of Dakar at gold hmm. point Nevada on something that's spewing, you know, joy out of its tail at pipe. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm super bummed. Okay. Well, Dang, I, just, I just have a whole range of emotions. Oh man, that's so much happening. I'll hug you later. I'm so pumped to go race, though. I'm gonna kick. My, I'm just out there to. Just I'm, take excited. I'm excited to see what you're gonna do this year. Someone's like, "Oh, you know, you've got a really good crash record. That's gonna do really well." I'm like, "No, I'm gonna crash so much this year. This is gonna be it's, the year of crashing. This is the year Jensen's gonna just test out every damn feature of every damn thing. Just, just gonna. I'm just out there to win. I just want to go win. In it to win it, as the kids I say. Lose some weight, and then we can go win. You look beautiful. Just the way you are. Keep drinking that Mountain Dew. Pretty doesn't win races. Pretty. It might, it might though. 
Yeah. Have you met Hannah? Pretty and also wins races. Mark Marquez is a handsome dude. Right. Alex? Alex Marquez? Oh, yeah. There's an Alex Marquez. I'm thinking of our Alex Taylor. Alex Taylor? Your, your arch nemesis on the track. Yeah. Who we haven't really fattened up very, very well. Yeah. I, I can't say he's pretty. He's not ugly. He's he's the enemy. I, he is the enemy. But I think he's handsome. I must destroy you. He's a very... I will I will eat you for lunch. No, if seriously. Dies, I'm very hungry. He dies. Uh, and I, other Rocky quotes. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite Rocky. That's my oh, that's uh, that's one. what's his name? The, the yeah. <laughs> I must break you. It must break you. I watched uh, Anna on the plane. I haven't finished it, so I don't know if it's actually good or not. It. It's it's pretty good so far. Is it's not like Red Sparrow or whatever it's called? Because that movie it hasn't me. gotten weird like that yet. Yeah, that movie got weird. Like I wanted to see Jennifer Lawrence's boobs at some point in life, and I saw that movie. And I'm like, I don't want to see him that way. I am scarred for life. I think that's why she did it because that was right after the whole fappening thing, fappening. And like which was like mostly just her stuff getting leaked and and stolen. And I think she was like, "You fuckers want to see like what I got going on here? I'll show you. Fine." I'm gonna give you but nightmares. It's gonna be on my turns, and yeah. you're not gonna like it. That's the thing I love about her. She's like, yeah. "You want to see my tits?" There they are. There's just a lot of this yep. going on. Giant middle uh, finger to all you perverts yeah. out there. Hope you enjoy your nightmares. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the Red Sparrow, go see it. Go fuck with you. It's good such a good movie. movie. Oh my gosh. It's like I expected it to be like James Bond or like the Atomic skin Blonde graft thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. So Anna. Um, Anna. Eh, I don't know. European Anna. Anna. So, so you remember the the, the Russian lady I, I dated? Yes. I swear to God, this movie is about her. Because I always had a sneaking suspicion she was a, C, a KGB spy. I'm not convinced she's not. And she was she was a tall blonde mm-hmm. model, mm-hmm. secret KGB spy. Doctor. And I'm like, listen, this is I I know where she is. I know where we can find her right now. You don't have to do like I can out her. Yep. Let's get her CIA. Are you listening? Let's go. Let's go. I know you're listening because I'm Iranian. You're always listening. My Hello. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's interesting. Okay. That's one thing it. I like about flights. I catch up on movies that I don't go to see in theaters. Yeah. I watched um, Current Wars. So Scorsese. Oh, I haven't even heard of that very one. Very good. Not much of an ending, though. Oh. Because it's just very good. Um, what's his name? Cumberbatch. Benedict. Benedict. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect English accent. Like Amer- Sorry, American accent. <laughs> I was going to say because he is English. <laughs> His English accent was amazing. Jensen's he was born in Bristol. California accent, spot on. Spike, like, oh my God, <laughs> it is so good. It is so spot on. I can't even tell you. Like, oh my geez. Oh, he does English. He does American accent very well. Does a very good American yeah. accent. Um, yeah, the people in that were quite good. Interesting story, too. Um, it's, mostly, it's mostly Edison and uh, Westinghouse, but there's a little Tesla in there as well. Nice. Yeah, very good. Uh, what was the other one I watched? I saw the uh, the gentleman at Astra. Fucking weird. I I've watched half of it. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It, like, beautiful movie, gorgeous, but so fucking boring. No idea what the None. fuck it's about. It's I like, I think it's in space. Not sure. Yeah, there's gunfight on moon. Nah, it makes no sense. Why? Why? And then was he? reciting poetry during the entire movie? I don't know what was happening. It was like a dream sequence. That's the only reason. Because I'd already seen it before. And I was like, I'm going to watch it again just to see if I can try and figure it out. Nothing. Nothing. Even the second time. It's the Suzuki Katana of movies. (laughs) I don't understand it. I just don't. Like I thought I did. Nice view. It's beautiful, but I just don't understand it. (laughs) The motor just falls apart. It just falls apart. It just vibrates me to death. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. You were saying The Gentleman? The Gentleman. That's what I saw. That's a Guy Ritchie movie. 
It's a see the thing I love about Guy Ritchie is he does really good like gangster like English gangster movies. Yeah. So this is a new one that just came out in theaters a couple of weeks ago, and it's got um, uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, what's that guy that did Sons of Anarchy? The the English guy. Never watched it. Ugh, really? What kind of a motorcyclist are you, bro? Do you even V twin, bro? Do you know what you know exactly what kind I am? Do you even like white? The- do you even white uh, uh, Adidas <laughs> <laughs> clamshell, bro? Do you even roll your jeans up, bro? No, I don't. God dang it, Jensen. How are you going to be racing in the Bagger series if you don't know what Sons of Anarchy is? Uh, <laughs> Char- Charlie Hunnam? I Charlie think Hunnam. Name. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle Dockery. Super good movie. Very, very, like, it's just got Jeremy the Strong. right timing and everything. I Colin laughed. Farrell's in it. He sure is. And he's he not is, a good actor. He steals that movie. He's so good. He is steals he? this whole movie. He? He's so. I feel like he's a recipe for, like, I actually kind of like Colin Farrell, but every time I see him in a movie, I instantly just can't take the character seriously. Like, and, and there's some movies where he's like, he's supposed to be a serious character, right. and you're just like, no, nope, no, nope. you're still. Uh, I like when he's a fucked up Irishman. Like, yeah, you ever seen In Bruges? In Bruges. Okay, this Fantastic. character is basically In Bruges character, but like older and wiser. Yeah, like just this Irish guy who's a badass, and he he steals the whole movie. Okay. Oh, Hugh Grant's in it too. Oh, I gotta check this movie out. This yeah, looks good. Very good. I'll go to the theaters with you and watch it again. I liked it a lot. I don't go to movie theaters. Team Man, who hates movies, love that movie. I don't go to movie theaters anymore. I would go with Team Man, guess. She probably would. I'm in for a penny and for a pound with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could totally. I don't know how you can you could construe that as you will. <laughs> and the offers on the table. <laughs> oh, God, you know you two hash that out. I'm not even. I'm not even. Well, hashtag it out. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. That's a jet lag joke. You need a fucking nap. I know. <laughs> um, ba, 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 ba. close that window. Bagger series. Sure, why not? If you haven't listened to the podcast I did with Moto America with Paul Brothers and Sean Bice, do you like it? I liked it. Uh, I appreciate your candor, my friend. <laughs> Someone was like, "Oh, yeah." yeah, yeah. I really like it when you uh, tell it how it is. And I'm like, that that's my, that's, that's my whole much business model. <laughs> that's what gets me in trouble every day. Thank you. That's just like, <laughs> I might not be right, but at least I think I am. <laughs> I'll fucking stand up for the thing that I believe in, even if it's wrong. But I thought we had a good discussion. I thought they did a really good job of telling their side of it. Yep. And in my head, I thought I did a really good job of telling my side of it. And we, and we had a very good debate. I, I know Paul and I know Sean very well. Um, so I think that's, that's a beautiful thing when two people or three people can disagree on a topic and yet have a good civilized conversation about it. Listen, in today's anything, that's just beautiful. Yeah. I, I almost shed a tear just, just to that idea. A slow clap. Slow, slow clap it out. I'm going to yeah. fucking poetry snap my fingers <laughs> over that one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, go to listen to there. It's called uh, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. Mm-hmm. You can find it. Uh, they do a YouTube thing, which is interesting. But you can find it on Apple Podcasts and Google and Stitcher. And I think it's on Spotify as well. On so, Grindr, whatever you find, find a podcast or listen to. Um, you know, I've heard a couple of our listeners now tell me that we need to start setting up cameras. I think they want to see our faces. I don't know why. Why? I don't know why. We are not attractive men. I pick my nose a lot during the show, dude. Do you really want that, dude? Love a good nose picking. Like, I if, like breathing. If I have one flaw, and I have no flaws, I'm perfect. None. You're pretty fucking. It would be that I pick my nose all the time. Uh, do you like breathing? Do you like shaking my hand? You yep. shouldn't because I pick well, my whatever. nose. That's why I give you fist bumps. Probably, yeah. I'm probably just giving you a wiper. Or which is why I hug you. Because then you're just wiping on the back of my shirt. And I don't notice <laughs> it. I don't, don't know about it until laundry day. <laughs> um, 
a shout out to the guy on the airplane who totally flicked his boogers in the aisle <laughs> the whole time. Thank you for that, <laughs> you piece of shit human being. I see you, bro. You suck. <laughs> Thank you to the snooty French uh, Air France steward who was totally cool with it. Jesus, she probably does it too, or he, they. Uh, I, this is how I know my French isn't very good. Because I try to speak French when all I'm those, in France. All those years of classes worked out for you, huh? It's just like I've I've committed so much time to learning this language that I have to take it for a spin whenever I can. And they will insist on speaking English back to me. Because <laughs> they're like, listen, my English is yeah. better than the bullshit coming out of your mouth. No, no, it's perfect. Like they come up, like they're coming down the aisle and they're like, you know, do you want anything to drink? And I in perfect French say yes. I would I would like a coke. I believe that is we. Oui. And they go, Okay, would you like ice with it? But I just and I'm like, like I, I get it that I'm obviously American and you want to speak, you know, I obviously know English way better than I know French, but like I'm trying here. Like, can't you humor me until we get to the point where my French is no longer going to work out? <laughs> like, do you have to immediately go to English? To just be like, listen, settle down. <laughs> I just need you just, to help me. We don't need you to butcher our language on this flight. Because let me let, let's just butcher one language tonight. OK, not two. <sighs> One's good. Yeah, at least good. do it like in their French accent if you're going to speak English to them. I think that makes them very happy. I mean, the the, the Spanish stewardesses on uh, on the Air Europa flight were more than willing to humor me with my Spanish, and I do not speak Spanish well. Do they tell their announcements at speed of light or what? They're kind of like they're kind of more lazy. I feel really? like the Spanish language is a little bit more. God dang it! Last time I flew in Spain, I was like, "What? I, I understand Spanish, and I don't know what you said because that entire sentence sounded like a word." Our, to be fair, to be fair, um, sorry, I had to like brain fart. <laughs> I just watched you alt control delete. Just like, just like, <laughs> bing, 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 bing. I'm back. <laughs> the matrix took over. Uh, our stewardess on my flight to Spain had like a, she had like a California accent. She was, oh. she was, she was raising her, her sounds at the end of oh, each like in the question sentence. mark. Like, like telling do you, you want to go to the store? <laughs> she sounds like a bad guy Would in a Hanna like Barbera Literally sounds like a bad guy in a yeah. Hanna Barbera cartoon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Would you like to steal a picnic basket? <laughs> um, and so, I, like, it could just be like she just spoke weird. She, could, I think, she was just weird. That's amazing. Lovely lady, just spoke Spanish weird. Don't know uh, what that's about. Well, you know, everybody speaks funny. Jensen, have you ever been to New Orleans? Nolens. Nolens. Um What else is going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nothing else. I'm going to go party look, at the look, local Ducati is, dealership tonight. This is how far we've gotten down the checklist. We're not we did good. We're, 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 we are three fifths of the way through that. Th- no, two fifths. <laughs> four ninths of the way through that thing. Mm. There's addition and subtraction. Shout out to my boys, Zach and Ari. For, Dude. Um, they're going to be... I was going to say they're going to be moving throttle out, but I think Motor Trend owns the throttle out name, but they'll be going to Revzilla slash Komodo. Komodo is the holding company for Revzilla Cycle Gear and now JMP Cycles, which is another thing we should talk about really yep. quickly. Basically, they're the board collective. I Komodo's, mean, the collective is the fucking keyword here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like that for the industry. There's a lot of a Monopoly 800-pound gorilla thing going on. But I really like Zach and I really like Ari, and I'm stoked for them on a personal level. Yeah, they're gonna be hanging out with Spurgeon. And I, don't know, I don't know Spencer very well, but I'm sure he's a lovely person, so I'm happy for him too. I'm sure he's there. Spurgeon, it's just a weird name. It's I just mean, a really weird name. I wish no my parents one named me something like Spurgeon. No Dunbar. one likes Spurgeon. 
Let's make this like very clear. S- nobody likes Spurgeon. Who doesn't like Spurgeon? You get the fuck off this podcast if get you like Spurgeon. Get out of here. You like Spurgeon. Nobody likes Spurgeon. Have I you seen Spurgeon. his hair? I love Spurgeon. Spurgeon's hair is like... He shaved the beard. Oh, that's weird. I don't yeah, like that. I don't that like it. No. I don't like no. it at all. Spurgeon, the coronavirus is not that serious. Team don't. Beard. Team Beard all I think, day. I think he's I think he's got a lady in his life. I think that's what's going on. I mean, I got a lady in my wife, and you know what she likes? Goddamn beard. She likes that beard. Mm-hmm. I don't I think Spurgeon's like, I got a I see here's here's it is. Here's this is exactly how I see it playing out. He's in Philly, right? You know, and he's walking Ordinary. down the street. And I see where you're going with that. Okay, we, got, we don't got no time for that, Shane. Come on. We're like two hours into the show. Are you, you can do me? it. We don't have time. Stay for, with us, listeners. Stay with us. We don't have time for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Sideways. We just don't have time. Um, he's just walking down the street to Philly, crossing the street, doesn't realize he's in I feel front like of, he runs his hand through his yeah, hair a lot when he doesn't realize around. he's in front of a junior high school, gets stopped by a police officer. Like, what are you doing here? Walking. And he's like, sir. my name's Spurgeon Dunbar. I'm on my way to work at Revzilla. I'm sorry, your name's what? And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flip him around, cuff him. Obviously, you some sort of... sack of shit. No one has a name like that. Child molester, windowless van type of person. <laughs> and he, he's probably tired of that happening in his life. And he's like, I gotta shave this hobo beard and start looking like a goddamn professional. But now he looks like a porn star. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, you know who he reminds me of? Who's the actor that plays like the dad in Stranger Things? Wait, the the, the sheriff? The guy? sheriff. Nah, I think Spurgeon's way better looking than that guy. I, but they look the same. Without the beard, he uh, looks the same. Whoa. Right? Co- I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I thought I, you were going to. Let's be very clear. I am giving no compliments to Spurgeon whatsoever. <laughs> Spurgeon Dunbar gets no compliments from Jensen Beeler. <laughs> Spurgeon, what did you do to, to Jensen? He knows. He knows. What you he show did. me where he touched you. He knows what you he show did. me. He actually doesn't know, but that's okay. <laughs> he will find out. What he did was he didn't touch you, and that hurt your feelings. Did you get a Christmas card for me this year, Spurgeon? Mm-hmm. No. Now you know why. I got one. You don't know why, but <laughs> you do know why. Um, <laughs> there was someone. There was someone. I forget where they posted. It was even on Revzilla or here. They're like, "What? Why is there beef between Jensen and Spurgeon?" Because his name's Spurgeon. Because, yeah, have you... Come on. Come on. What? Come on. Spurgeon? Good luck, Zach and Eric, because you're going to deal with that Spurgeon all the time. Oh, my God. (laughs) I actually have really high hopes for them, because... That'll be good. So, you know, here's the thing. Do you think that, you know, having been on a show that required people to pay to be seen was detrimental? Oh, of course. So, you know, we're thinking that Revzilla or... Komodo or whatever you want to call it is going to be making more free content now. <clears throat> uh, I I don't think Revzilla's business model will ever see them Not ever. I mean, there's always a chance, but it isn't predicated on on paid for content. Right. They just want you to show up and eventually buy something. Yeah. Um, which could change. I could see that business model changing a little bit, but that's the that's where it is at now. Uh, the hard thing with Motor Trend, I think, is one, it's behind a paywall, so it makes it very hard to discover. And two, it's motorcycle content on a predominantly car-focused entity, right? Which is a hard sell. So, I think, I think Motor Trend's mistake, in large, is the paywall model. And I don't know how that's working out for them. It could be super profitable, and they love it. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, they're not selling magazines as much anymore. But it's it's tough when you're like, let's say you make twenty shows, and nineteen of them are about cars, right? 
Well, unless that other show, like that's the thing. I actually thought Throttle Out was a good show. I think they, I think very good show. I think uh, Zach, Ari, and Spencer make a good product. The problem is, it's may not be the best thing for the Motor Trend market. And if Motor Trend isn't going to follow it up with like, like truthfully, if they need like four or five motorcycle shows. Like, hey, we're going to get into motorcycles as well. You can't just have one show when you're so heavy on cars right. and have just one show that's on bikes. You need to like have enough like to create a motorcycle audience. Like I'm not going to subscribe to Motor Trend. Like I'm a car guy too. I'm just not enough of a car guy that I'm ever going to subscribe to Motor Trend. And when you're only going to offer me one motorcycle thing, right. it's not enough to make me plunk down dollars for it. And it made me wonder how they're I, doing on that altogether because I saw, you know, at the beginning of the year, they were doing some crazy mad sale on the membership for a year. It was like five bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like <clears throat> you just got to get the people hooked on it. Yep. Uh, show them what's up. Like how about the new Apple TV and it comes with a year of Apple TV plus whatever they call it. And they came out with like when they, when they launched that, they came out with like six titles or so. And I've watched four of them. And I'm like pretty invested in like three or four of them. I was like, these are good shows. I want to watch these really? shows. I might, I might stick around. All right. But the problem is, is like, there's been no follow-up. There's no new content coming out where I'm just sitting there going like, wow, I'm not going to just sign up for this service and pay five bucks a month for like three shows that I, I watch, you know, three months out of the year. Yeah. Like you got to give me more. Otherwise, I'm going back to my HBO or I'm going back to my Netflix or whatever it is. No, truth, like when I have like good old Amazon Prime. Been watching a lot of Prime lately. Been watching a lot of Star Trek. Not gonna lie to you. Oh, yeah. All right. Next generation because it's all on uh, high def. It's nice. I'll have to. I'll have to get up, get started on that. I was yeah. thinking about what's next. Uh, oh yeah, because you're watching Hunters. I want to uh, watch. Yeah, that. I just finished that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see. Oh, with Zach and Ari get cooking. I think yeah. it's, I think it's gonna be good. Um, they're super good dudes. They're super good writers. They're super knowledgeable. Um, yeah, they're all the things. Uh, the, you want the one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in in motorcycle internetting beyond trials riding because mm-hmm. that's that's insane. That's it. That's that's, that's the, the true form of athleticism that that's I can't the wrap my mind on around. The meter. Yeah. Watch Tony Bow just fucking just destroy. Unreal. Um, I can't but, walk like that. But right below that, watching uh, Zach race a Kramer at Laguna with Arma and narrate it while he's doing it. That's ins- Dude, I love watching when he's on the track. And he's just sitting there and like it's two seconds to the green line. And he's like, okay, going to get ready, going now. And we're off to the races. And in my, in my world, and be like, okay, okay. okay. He's a lot of breathing. If we did it. <laughs> Where's my rev? Like I don't have the mental capacity no. to sit there and be like, man, here we go. Cause I'm too busy trying to focus on my shit. And I'm nine <laughs> times out of 10. I'm still fucking up the start. And he gets a huge start, blows past a bunch of people. He's like three wide going into turn one and be like, Oh, it's a beautiful day here. And Sonny looking to say, going on the outside, going to double apex here. And I'm coming over, shifting up gears. One, two, three. Here we go. All this guy's in my way now. And I'm just sitting there going like, you're just like cutting through traffic, blowing through everyone, like getting stuffed by slower riders, getting around them, hitting your apexes, doing all the things like dropping lap times, like like little babies off a bridge. Don't know what that metaphor is. Don't. Clearly, easily like just articulating his thoughts about it. I, I love those videos. One of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Because you're just sitting there like, not only are you riding better than I would, <laughs> not only are you narrating better than I would, but you're doing them simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Fuck you. Fuck her. I think you got to replace your Spurgeon with a, with a Zach. No, fuck Spurgeon. Fuck that guy. That dirty beardless little troll human. You know, Spurgeon, maybe grow that beard out and uh, send 
Jensen a Christmas card once in a while. <laughs> Just saying. He sent me. Can uh, I be the mediator between the two of you? Oh, he sent me a package the other day. Well, he sent me like a little care package. It's like Revzilla stickers and stuff. <laughs> Just like, ah, you jerk. You just sent him like an asphalt and rubber uh, care package. Just but instead uh, of that, just the sticky note that just says "Go fuck yourself." Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Here's a bag of poop. Kissy face. Kissy face. <laughs> uh, just to be very clear. I like Spurgeon. We everyone likes Spurgeon. Everyone I don't think Spurgeon. anybody dislikes Spurgeon. There's there's probably an ex girlfriend somewhere in there that doesn't like Spurgeon. Even she likes him. She, on the inside, she does. Yeah. She just can't come like to terms with it. She wants to dislike it. him. She's she's just angry at him because he's the one that got away. Yeah, him and yeah. his fucking perfect hair. Get out of here, Spurgeon. You know what? I want to punch you in the dick. <laughs> you go watch Stranger Things. I swear he looks like the dad. I swear, like they're I don't the same know. person. I don't know which one you've ruined for me: Stranger Things or Spurgeon. Spurgeon was already already ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a very angry letter from a Revzilla lawyer. Someone, someone, somewhere is gonna be like, "Really? Can you stop disparaging our hosts on our videos?" I miss them. I miss them so much. I miss them. JMP um, cycles getting bought out by Komodo is an interesting thing. What is Komodo gonna buy next? Wait, is it Komodo or Komodo? Not Leviosa, Leviosa. You got to put the right emphasis and the right syllable here. <laughs> Um, that's a good question, Shane. But it, it's interesting because that gives them an American kind of V twin component to what they're already had going in terms of uh, I would say Revzilla's more sport bike adventure. Eh, yep, with some dirt. So it gives it gives them a, that other half of the industry that they weren't missing, and then they've got the cycle gear for the brick and mortar. And you sit there, it's like, man, I would want to be in the retail space. No, sucky, it. sucky. It would be tough. With well, what I, got going again, on. as I've said it till I turn fucking blue and purple in the face, you got to make your store a cool, fun place to visit if you're going to stay in the retail space. Yeah. Because otherwise, Komodo is going to fucking rip you into pieces. <sighs> and it sucks, right? Because they're essentially becoming the Amazon of the motorcycling industry. And we look at it from the, from our perspective and go, nah, man, we hate seeing stuff like that, but it's, it's happening. All right. I'm going to say it now. You will eventually see a Komodo motorcycle dealership. I, I That's the next step. Yeah. If anyone's going to make it where your, motor, your motorcycle purchases are done online, it'll be them. They get big enough. Well, they'll have enough power. Mm-hmm. 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 You're to here first. Mm-hmm. Give it three years. 2023. Here we come. Yeah. I think with that, uh, really quick, zero SRS. Yay and A. Yay. You like it? Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm for <laughs> progress, man. They're, they're making something new and interesting, right? The oh. SRF is... is interesting enough i wrote it and it made me kind of chuckle when i wrote it so i'm curious to see what the full fairing version is going to be like i just don't like the look of the fairing it's very it's very vanilla it feels very vanilla we're talking about zero jensen yeah the know, vanilla maybe my the expectations vanilla. are too high but like it just feels very vanilla That's the blue bell of motorcycles i'm gonna get a chance to ride one here pretty soon are you yeah um and yeah. so i think it'll be a good bike like i think i think like on the like on just like the scorecard right the hard facts like i think it'll be a good bike what i don't think zero has figured out yet is the stuff that's off the scorecard the the emotional connection yeah. the visceral connection yeah. the community um there's no product lust and i'm very much a product lust guy you know that's why i got an apple phone that's why i have european motorcycles i think like, a lot of us are like that in the motorcycle scene it's just a little too commodity it's a little too just like it's 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 like the engineers took over. 
And I think this is a very, very easy trap for electric motorcycle companies because it is kind of like more geeky, more nerdy. And it's a lot easier to be like, okay, well, we got the battery chemistry to the exact thing that we wanted. And the, the controller is doing this and the motor is this motor. But I mean, so we didn't use that motor because working. the windings on that motor don't work to the thing on this <laughs> thing. And we're going to use, you know, this many volts and this, the, the gauge wire on this lead terminal. And it's like, yeah, no one, no motorcyclist really cares about that. Like you're not speaking the the soft skills there's too much hard skills and not enough soft skills but i agree with you i think soft skills are not teachable they're they're much more difficult to teach much more difficult and i guess that's the point i'm trying to make yeah. much easier to teach a hard skill than a soft skill and i think that's a trap that newer motorcycle companies especially electric ones fall into because they get super focused on the spec sheet and right. they don't pay attention to what's off the spec sheet it's like that's why i say like i'm sure it's a good bike but it's not a bike I want to own. Yeah. It's not a bike that speaks to me in a way Wonder that if- tells me, oh, I have to have that in my garage. That bike is so lust worthy. I have to put that in my garage. And a bike that was like that was the Mission R. Yes. So, you know, and they and they did a great job, I think, of balancing both sides of it. Where and they I think very smartly hired um, you know, a really good team and James Parker and Tim Prentice to build a package around the electronic stuff that Mission was making. Because those guys together just I don't care if you're a petrol head or not. Like you saw that bike and you wanted to put it in your garage. Yeah. Like that thing was fucking sex right. on wheels. Gorgeous. Absolutely. Just, just, I'm going to give it that another slow clap because I think they just, <laughs> one of the best looking bikes to come out since I've been a motorcyclist. Yeah, I agree. I put that right up there. Like you like people talk about like the 916 and the F4 and Tamburini's work. And, you know, there's others down the line uh, with design that, you know, people will, will talk about Britain would be another great example. I think this bike is right there with them. I'm I'm wondering if Zero's tactic is almost the same as say Tesla because I don't think I've ever thought in my head I can't wait to own a Tesla one day, but you still uh, see a fuck ton of them on the road. The Tesla Roadster is a really good looking car. I like I look at that and I'm like yeah the new one. The new yeah, Roadster. but I'm talking about the, what's on the street but right the, now. The three the, the Tesla the S or a three S, even think, the X. I think with all of them is they don't look generic. They don't look like Honda Accord yeah. Toyota Camry generic. And I think that's my problem with the Zero. It just kind of looks generic to me. Whereas you can see like the test, it's like they're not overstated. They're not they're not flashy, but they look good. You think they still have some presence? They look good. They have a unique presence. They're not trying to be too crazy or too far out of the standard deviation of design, but there's enough deviation that they stand apart. And you're like, oh, that's not a bad looking bike or that's not a bad looking car. I think that's what Zero kind of gets wrong. Uh, they're getting there. The SRF and the SRS are kind of getting there. But like, I look at the SRS and I see a Ninja 1000. Yeah. Uh, just the way the front fairing is and the especially the windshield and then the side panel, the side fairing is very Ducati 900 Super Sport 900 ST to me. And I just kind of sit there and just like, it's just a little too bland. At least have some fun with the paint. I know on the SRF they had like that baby blue one, which stood out to me. Whereas like the old man, you know, red yeah. one is kind of like meh, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks a lot better than the previous stuff. When are, when are you going to check that bike out? Uh, I got to figure that out next week or so. I think if you're buying an electric motorcycle, you're still buying it because it's electric. Yeah, you're not buying it because it's better. That was the thing with um, that I really liked about Alta is I think Alta is the closest one so far in terms of like you want to buy a dirt bike, you should think about an Alta. 
not like, hey, you're thinking about buying an electric dirt bike. Right. You should think about an Alta. Right. Uh, and that I don't think that's the thing. I don't think Zero's quite crossed that divide yet. And not I think yet. that that I think that's part of. I don't know if it's the company culture or what, but I get like that impression from from the company that like they're just still a bunch of EV nerds. And I say that in a way as very much a positive. Um, and they're just selling bikes to other EV nerds. And they haven't quite gotten out of that like, hey, we're just a bunch of motorcyclists selling motorcycles to other motorcyclists. And I think I think they would very much disagree with me saying that because I think there's a lot of motorcyclists at that company. But that's how it feels to me where I'm just like, you just... You're selling bikes because you're electric. You're not selling bikes because you're making a better bike. Do you think they need to have sex appeal then, though, if they're just selling it to someone that's going to buy an electric vehicle anyways? I'd say... I mean, it doesn't hurt. But. I'd say on the technology side, they're 90% of where they should be. And on the design and marketing side, they're like 20% of where they should be. That is their weak spot. I think the bikes are pretty good. Yep. I think you can make a better bike, but you're making a pretty good bike. I don't think I don't think the bike itself is the problem anymore. Right. And I'm talking purely on the SRF SRS line. I think the older bikes could still use some improvement, but are not bad. Yeah. But but none of their bikes have any sort of product lust in them. Um. So interesting lesson to be learned for. I mean, like if they the, if they choose to learn this lesson for themselves, I think a lot of IT companies in general. Um, focus a lot on as you call it the hard skills i've talked to a lot of people that work in the it industry and they their main complaint excuse me is that their their soft skill people are lacking they just don't yes. have it no 100 right? I, I saw it in business school i remember huh, i remember uh, a gentleman who went and took a marketing job at a major computer manufacturer and i remember thinking perfect guy for it yeah. because that company has no marketing savvy whatsoever no. And he has no savvy, like he, he was a hard skills person trying to be a soft skills person. And it's like, nope, it's just not, you just don't have that brain. Yep. You're an engineer before this. You're trying to become a marketing person. God bless you for it. But like you just, it's a skill set you don't have. And, you know, like, and you're going to a company that basically just differentiates itself on price. They're the cheapest one out there and they make a pretty good product for the price that they sell it at. You know, they're not like the cheapest. They're like the second or third cheapest. There's probably like a knockoff Chinese brand that's cheaper. Value added companies. With but there. the product is sup- 10 times superior right. to what that would be. So it's like the perfect value brand. Right. And it's like, yeah, like if you're a super hard skills, nerdy person, you, you probably don't place any value on the soft skills, the people skills, because you yourself don't have them. Right. And so would have no concept of what they could get you. And vice versa. Like some people are just all fluff and have no substance behind them. It's just like, oh, I'm just, hey, how you doing? Has it got my, hey, aren't we going to buy you a marketing thing and marketing, marketing <laughs> dollars? And it's like, uh, yeah, you, you just proposed a $10 billion ad campaign. You, you know, like we don't have the money for that, right? Like, you know, like that's like right. knocking out, that's more money than this country has. Like, it's just that market's not even going to be able to do it. And so you have to kind of like a little bit of, of both and know where the, know what you know. And know what you don't know and then know where your blind spots are and like fill them in and it's tough like like marketing super tough like so many companies have tried to replicate that and failed or succeeded only in partial degrees um I think, I'm, I'm i'm waiting to see what the marketing strategy behind a lot of these companies is anymore because i'm i'm noticing in the motorcycle side that there's a lot more emphasis on uh let's just call them influencers mm-hmm Right, mm-hmm. and that's you know mm-hmm. because because oh man, the, the, are you kidding me, buddy? We're like 
or like two hours and 20 minutes and you bring up that like that's a this shit's about to get deep that's a whole nother show are you you're gonna kill me i can't edit this now this is gonna be like a five hour show oh, hold on hold on do you talk for the next two minutes while i go get a mountain dew and gear oh up god i this. need some water i'm getting so parched you want some water? I got some water in the fridge. You want a LaCroix? LaCroix. 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 Just whisper refuse, to me. I refuse to say LaCroix. Do you want a LaCroix? LaCroix. Uh, just whisper to me what the flavor is. Uh, I've got several flavors. Ooh. I also have a White Claw and an IPA. Why do you have a White Claw and or an IPA? You don't even drink alcohol. Because Hannah came and took care of my cat. That's amazing. And so I stocked the fridge because she wanted seltzer waters. So I was like, fine, I'll get you seltzer waters. <laughs> but I was like, listen, listen, honey. I know after a long day at work, you're going to sit back, watch some Netflix on the TV, and hammer down a White Claw. And I know Alex likes IPAs, so I'm just going to stock the fridge. Nice. And you guys can. You're a good host. I'm a good host. Hey, you're going to come take care of my asshole cat that's going to shit and puke everywhere. <laughs> you might as well get your buzz I on. I like dime. it. I like your. So style. what do you want? You want? Just just fuck me up. Bring me bring me a LaCroix. Yeah, you're getting a White Claw. <laughs> oh, sweet. I'll drink your White Claw, Hannah. Uh, I want to get us out before it is a th- true three hour show. Whoa. Um. But I'm here for a little while, so hopefully we can get back on the weekly case. We got a Q&A show we got to record. That'll be yep. fun. We got a Goldwing show we got to record. That'll Hell be yeah, fun. I'm looking forward to that, especially now the weather's nice. Yeah. We don't have to get wet while we do it. No. I just, I just want to ride around and talk mad shit about anything and everything I see. Portland drivers. Dude. I saw some great Portland driving today. Portland drivers, Portland cyclists, Portland uh, crosswalkers. Um. I had someone like jaywalk right in front of me and they got really mad. And I was just like, you're the one breaking the law, buddy. Not, not. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm driving in the lane with a green light. Looks like I'm doing the right thing and you're not because you seem to, you know, honestly, people that I think leave Portland and go to cities like, say, Chicago, I think they have a higher chance of getting killed. Absolutely. Here, they're used to just walking on, people slamming on their brakes. Over there, people like aim for you. They're like, yeah. you want to die? Hey, yeah, step in. See what happens. See what's up. <laughs> see what wins. You are my uh, Chevy Silverado 2500. Cody Kitty, I think you need another bath. Cody Kitty, I think like you need a brushing. She needs a brushing for sure. All right, sir. This is a good catching up with you. It's been a while. I know. Um, hopefully I can get the show out quickly. Best of luck. Yeah. We had a little bit to say. We'll see you tonight, though. Well, yeah, absolutely. Good. Until then. Safety third. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly... Mo- what is it, Jensen? It's a podcast that's <laughs> done semi-weekly. You know what it is? I, I went to... I was trying to be fancy. I was trying to look at the level while oh. I was doing it, and I lost my track right you're tr- in that You're trying that to DJ and be a sound engineer no, at the yeah, same time. No, that's like rubbing your head and patting your belly. Ooh.